Hello, everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap in the awesome shirt over there. I've got Mr. Daniel Bloodworth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, somebody said the yeah. same. Yeah. I was going to ask you where you got it. I'm, I've been defeated because I would totally buy that shirt. And Brandon Jones. I realize I'm wearing frame trap color. I'm like in the middle, frame trap red. <laughs> Looking good, Brandon Jones. Thanks. Feeling feeling cozy. I like when the weather dips and I get to start wearing some long sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. I've got yeah. a few shirts that have just been sitting there for sure. Yeah. Um, my wife and I went to a musical yesterday and we were in Hollywood and it was uh, like just a little breezy, you know, that fall weather. Mm-hmm. Good. It's so funny because growing up in the Midwest, fall is a very different beast yeah, yeah. there than it is it is out here. But it was nice, nonetheless. Uh, I'm your host, Ben Moore. Speaking of cozy, uh, I know I'm jumping the gun on this a little bit. It's not quite Thanksgiving time. But I was curious if you have like a favorite family food that that you or your relatives would cook and like bring to a family gathering. Mm. Any any like special Jones or Bloodworth dishes? It's it's weird because like it's actually been like a solid twenty years or so since I've been with my family for Thanksgiving. Oh wow! Been kind of a transplant here and like went to friends' family yeah. place for years and years, and then that tradition kind of fizzled out after a while. And then the past few years, we've just been just doing weird hodgepodge stuff. So like, I think last year was with COVID, and we actually were considering doing it again this year. We like we actually just ordered. A Thanksgiving meal from Denny's. Oh wow! <laughs> like this. Hey, I didn't know Denny's decent. had a Thanksgiving yeah. meal. That's and then there's this uh, there's this local restaurant that somehow I got on their press list just because you know we're on press lists. Yeah. And I'm like, why why are you sending me things? And for a while it was really annoying. They were sending me stuff like every week, and then it, I kind of forgot about it. And then today I got a thing that was like, hey, Thanksgiving meals. I'm like, this doesn't sound too bad actually. Nice, nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. But I always, yeah, I like a, a good green bean casserole. Mm. I think it's a, a Interesting fair Interesting choice. Yeah. 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 I like I like a green bean casserole. I can get behind that. Brandon? Shout out to James Kohler, who we used to work with at Game Trailers, who goes to Knott's Berry Farm, which we've talked about a lot recently. Michael Huber gets very yes. excited mm-hmm. when you talk about Knott's Berry Farm food. Um, I didn't realize until I started eating a lot of food that Amanda made that my mom was inherently very like rich and creamy in nature because a lot of the food that I liked, I liked a lot okay. of like creamy pastas and stuff like that. So like anything mac and cheese mm. was always a win. But specifically stuffing, that was like my big thing from Thanksgiving that yeah, I yeah, grew yeah. up where I was just like more, more, more. And I would have different people stuffing and I'd be like, wait a minute. That was one of the only things. I'm like, you don't make this like my mom makes. Why wouldn't you make it like my mom makes? Right. Uh, mashed potatoes for me. Like, yeah. I I love mashed potatoes so much. And I would go through the family line and it would be like comical because I would take weight, like half my plate would be mashed potatoes. Yep. It's just yeah. like, oh, I, it I makes me a, so happy. Yeah. I do have another one that my my mom makes that I typically don't get anywhere else. Um, yeah. And she'll, she'll do it over the holidays as well. But it's just, we just call it apple salad. I think it has various names and various cookbooks. But it's like, it's got apples and like... Uh, Walnuts or pecans, that and, and uh, marshmallows, and some other stuff Ooh. in there, and yeah, it's pretty good. I like put some marshmallows in there. Nuts in everything, so delicious. There, like, there are people that swear they hate like having nuts in chocolate, like <laughs> almonds, and I'm like, that's the best way. <laughs> All these people yeah. sitting down to listen to a two and a half hour podcast are just like, well, what the. Like, yeah. Like, listen. <laughs> pause. <laughs> this is episode one forty six. Go out buy cashews, <laughs> and then just like, okay. If you don't, if you don't know what you're in for, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, but 
let's talk about video games. The main reason why we're here, and actually, this this is a this is a jam packed episode. I'm I'm bursting. It's <laughs> a contemporary releases, which is always exciting, but it's all over the place yeah. too, which is pretty cool. A lot of great games. Um, I think it only fair. Uh, it's the it's a game that we all have experience with. Blood, I think you have the most experience with Forza Horizon Five. Uh, but one that I've been really looking forward to, and Brandon, we were talking a little bit. Uh, before the show. Nice. I guess, Blood, since you have more experience with the series than me, because I'm, I'm like doubting myself a little bit because I'm <laughs> playing it and I'm like, I have, this game is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I, like, just everything. It's like, if I was writing a review for this, it would be very hard for me to not just have like the, maybe the most nitpicky stuff, but other than that, I think this is an incredible game. Right. Well, yeah, I've definitely <laughs> been going through that and like trying to figure out like, okay, where are the things? Because, because I'm not, I don't, I'm not having that visceral. I'm amazed by this reaction, mm. even though I like it's obviously clearly very well made. It runs beautifully uh, in performance mode. Yes. Um, and I haven't even looked at quality mode yet because it was like I it was on have there. Have you played by, on PC at all? Uh, my PC's still in the shop. Oh, okay. Does it default to performance on Series X? No, it defaults to quality. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So bump that performance and see the difference. Uh, and what was interesting is when I uh, booted it up here for my stream, mm-hmm. uh, even though it pulled my settings from the cloud, like quality versus performance is still something you have to do system by system. Uh, but anyways, so yeah, so there's, you know, I, I'm, you know, getting ahead of the review a little bit here, but... There are definitely things that I've been, you know, thinking about and wondering about, you know, like where are kind of the holes and, and you know, one of them is kind of the harder to communicate thing is like, well, you know, when people ask me, it's like, well, what's different about this? And it's like, well, it's it's in Mexico. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, it's it's like the level of excellence has been there for so long. Yeah. That it is almost, e- it, you know, it's easy to take for granted and it and it is easy to feel like, well, it, it, it should be this way, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, and I and I think though uh, along that lines, it's really it is really easy to take for granted that like yeah, this is a huge new map. Mm-hmm. It is gigantic. It is gigantic. It is all new, mm-hmm. right? Like when you get a Mario Kart game, right? It's like you get half new tracks and half favorite tracks, right? Right. You know, and you know you've what sixteen? I want to say is usually the amount of new tracks. And this is just dozens and dozens of tracks mm-hmm. that you maybe will only, a lot of them you'll probably only race on once or twice if you're just trying to fill in everything on the campaign and not really get that deep into multiplayer. Uh, but I think there, you know, one of the other things that really makes it different is the campaign structure, uh, which I have mixed feelings on because on the one hand, it's really good at letting you just go off do whatever you want to do. Yeah. It's like if you want to just explore, you're going to get points for exploring, and then mm-hmm. you're going to get the accolades and the tickets to open it, up events. It has to be the most pick-up-and-play friendly game I've encountered in, in, in some time because anything you do, literally anything, <laughs> yeah. in any direction you go, you're making progress with something. Right. Yeah. And it's letting you know what that progress is specifically. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's it's almost it almost feels too easy in that sense. And then like I'm mm. like sitting on seven adventure tickets right now. Sure. And I've been f- so focused on like doing like story and cam- campaign style missions mm-hmm. that I haven't even touched like the broad swath of like just normal races because mm-hmm. like, you know you go to each part of the map and you're like okay now we're unlocking the street scene now we're unlocking the dirt races now yeah. right. and it's like i had unlock one of those things and then the process of doing those events 
and a couple of things that catch my eye. Well, now I've got a couple more tickets. Right. And like, I'll actually just be getting notifications for like two or three different things at a time when I finish an event. Mm-hmm. I was like, uh, okay. So I just keep kind of moving along that campaign path, even though there's yeah. tons and tons of other stuff out there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure this has been less of a problem with you, because even though I've played other Forza Horizon games... It, they're sometimes like looking at the map, there are just so many icons that I have to like be like, okay, wait, what is this? And I have to go into you the, have to click the filters, yeah. To find and I'm things, like, yeah. wait, what, what, what does this thing mean specifically? But you mentioned, um, uh, like, oh, hey, now it's set in Mexico, and I think they lean into that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it is it visually stunning, but like the missions that you're doing, you know, going into ruins and, and getting some history about what's going on and them talking about the culture. I, I think from a presentation standpoint, it really is impressive and it seems like they're actually, it's not just a background. It is a culture that they're leaning into or trying to lean into uh, in a way that I feel like goes beyond other racing games. Yeah, well, and, and and that's really kind of one of the bigger again because I haven't even done that many races. It, it like at this point, it feels less like a racing game than more like a driving sure. adventure. Yes, you I know? think that's fair. I think that's <laughs> totally know? fair. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the story missions play into that. I did all of the uh, the photo uh, series of quests last night. Yeah. And, and it's this we- it's like semi mystical because you're going around photographing these statues that only appear in these missions during the rain. Right. Uh, and, but, they're, you know, they're, they're telling you about the story of this adventure, and, like, I don't know if this is a real person or not. I kind of just, like, taking the game's <laughs> word for it. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot more, I, I think there is a lot more that you can dive into in that way to where, yeah, you follow these characters and you follow these little story beats and you can just do that line of events and the adventure tickets and probably kind of have your fill of the game yeah. uh, and ignore the rest of it. Mm. Um, the, uh, but the one thing I do think, though, is that I do think that even though they're presented well, a lot of times the story missions and the showcase missions, they kind of they feel a bit underwhelming to me in terms of gameplay. Mm. To where, like with the photo missions, a lot of them, it's just like, all right, drive to this point really quickly and take the photo, and you know, and and that that's it. There's not really a whole lot of thought or challenge, or you know, sometimes you have to sort of like you know wind your way through an area, right? Um, and then the I mentioned this in the preview, but the uh, the showcase events are just comical yeah. in the way that they end. And I can't, it's you, yeah, your blood's in my head. You know, it's literally <laughs> like it's funny to like. Be going off a jump, a huge explosion, planes are flying by, and I can just hear Bloodworth being like, you know, whatever, next. You know, it's like, it's exciting, but you're just not, I can't lose this thing. Like, Yeah, it's like, even when the idea is really, really cool, like with yeah. the monster truck event, there's just, they, they just, like, they're way ahead of you, and then everything slows down for you to get just that, like, inch in front of them at the finish yeah. line. Yeah, I, I definitely get that complaint. I think I'm just playing it so casually that I think that it, that that need to like be and I'm also playing SMT5 which is extremely tough so when I take right. a break from SMT oh, and yeah, go yeah. into Forza, I think maybe that gentleness is appreciated, but I definitely see where you're coming from. I think my only counter to that is that there is just so much stuff mm-hmm. that it's hard for me to get hung up on any particular one thing cuz it's like 
you sitting there and being like, well, this thing is like pretty simple. You just do this and then you're done. And it's like, yes. But then you move on to something else and it's like I've already forgotten about that other thing and then that bleeds into another thing and then that bleeds into another thing. And if I want, I can jump in online. Like I can just go into, right. you know, uh, the Horizon Open and it's like, okay, well, now I'm playing against real people and they're way more difficult and like actually putting up a challenge. And all that stuff is pretty seamless. Yeah. Yeah, no, being seamless is definitely uh, something that really works in its favor. Uh, I like that the economy is really straightforward. I like that yeah. like, I started out, and then right at the point where I was like, "Wait, I could probably buy my own car," and just checking like, oh, "Okay, I got forty grand. Like, I'll get a convertible. I'm in Mexico. Like, okay, now I have my own car, but then I can, you know, be upgrading this and getting more money. You know, leveling it up and everything." Um, but I could see like, okay, that's one point five mil. Like, mm-hmm. I can maybe set that as a goal, or maybe like when I break six figures, then I'll buy another car and just slowly, you know, get my way up there. Right. But, um, but they hand out cars like candy so much. I just like, said that to Ben before we were recording. Is, they is, throw them yeah. at you. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And it's it's one thing to like get some. I was the last racing game I played was uh, you know Hot Wheels. Yeah. And so it's funny to get like some you know, thing that looks like a dinosaur. And like in this game, it's like, oh, this is a very fun automobile. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, I can look at it and it's just like glowing in the in the Mexico sunlight. Um, yeah, very pretty game. Each one of those feels very valuable when you get a new car. Also, when a when a storm comes in, it's just so visually cool. Yeah. You know? Have you seen storms in the open world? Because I've only seen them in the events where like just, you're I've going to the, drive into a storm. Only in the events so far. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen it in the open world. Yeah, because yeah. I, I feel like I've I've seen rain, but I haven't seen the dust storm just naturally happen, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen the thunderstorm naturally happen. It's only been in those events, and I feel like that's a little bit disappointing to me as sure. well yeah, I because. Think that's fair. When you drive into the dust storm, like the guys next to you are like, they're freaking out. Oh, this is awesome and stuff. And then, like, and I get in there and it's like, well, I don't feel like the wind pushing against my car in any discernible way. I don't Mm -hmm. see like a lot of crazy stuff flying by or, or just like sand getting in my face. It's just like, well, the sky's brown now. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, it's things like that where it's like things, like on a surface level, they're cool, but they're just not quite. As cool, it's, as fun as I would want them to be, sure. as impactful sure. to me. Yeah. And do you think that's just because you know you are so familiar with like four and three that it it feels more iterative? Because I feel like as somebody who is less familiar diving into it, I think like on a raw fundamental level, right? And this goes beyond Forza Horizon. This mm-hmm. this extends to all of Forza, but just because it's not like my genre, right? Even just the basic act of of driving feels so finely tuned and like right. the way the triggers are vibrating as I'm turning corners or how good like it feels or how noticeable different types of terrain are depending on the type that I'm driving in. Like these are all things that are super not new to Forza in any stretch of the imagination, but I think they're still relatively new to me that like I'm still kind of in that wow period of of this legacy, I think, that the how smart the map is built. You know? Yeah, sure. How fluid it really the, the well, streets like, like blend together, like how exciting the locations I, look. And, you know, I mean, and that's one of, like one of my favorite things is the bonus boards. You know, mm-hmm. and and in this, there's like some of them are just placed so diabolically. Yeah. You know, I saw one on the balcony of this high rise, and I like when I finally <laughs> figured it out, it's like, all right, I'm you know putting this clip on Twitter because mm. this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I I think. You know, I think part of my familiarity with Forza definitely plays into that since mm. I have played this entire Horizon series. Uh, and it still is, like, one of my favorite racing series. 
but yeah, I, I think there is something to be said of like, I want these cool things to be more than just a visual wrapper over what otherwise would still be exactly the same kind of point to point race, sure. you know, and like I had wind affecting me in F-Zero on the Super NES, mm-hmm. you know, in like 92 <laughs> or 91. And so it's like, I, I know you can, you can do it. I, you know, I know right. you can have cars push around or, or trees fall over or whatever, you know, might happen. Uh, but I think, you know, kind of making that work in their open world structure maybe is part of it. I'm not sure. Sure. You know, and there's been like a lot of great games that have done cool things with, with rain effects like yeah. F1 and Project Cars. Um, so there's definitely, I feel like, a little bit of, of something to, to be desired there from gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think uh, difficulty and challenge is, is, is also this kind of devil-edged sword because on the one hand, there is all kinds of room to tweak and customize the game to your liking. There's a lot of different yeah. mm-hmm. um, levels to the AI skill level. And they, they reward you for yeah. experimenting with that they, stuff. They reward you for experimenting with, yeah. with turning off different assists like Forza has always done. Uh, but it really takes you getting in there and, and working with that, mm-hmm. right? Because otherwise, like you said, if you're just doing the races and not thinking about it, right. it's like, might not bother you that you pass everybody in the first 30 seconds. So that's right. fine. Right. You know? And then after enough races, it will say, hey, do you want to bump it up? Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like with this one, because there are so much more story events, mm-hmm. that that doesn't happen as quickly unless you're specifically doing the race events. Yeah. And, and maybe it was just because of... I did a couple of race events in a row, but it was yeah. it, it, to me, it felt pretty quick. They were like, hey, like, bump it up. Like you'll get more credits. Like yeah. you, but you know, try it at least one thing up. And I was like, I'm just chill. Like I'm not. I'm not. Gonna- <laughs> I love. I love challenging games. But it was just this. Like it was so relaxing. I was just like, I'm just enjoying looking at this game. Like it's a very almost passive experience. But um, rolling that into a question, I feel like just. Visually and in terms of raw number of things to do and in terms of accessibility, this is a game that I could recommend to anyone. And yeah. I, I, I think like literally anyone could have a good time with it, um, especially with people that maybe are, are estranged from the genre or like maybe even have like fond memories of like Burnout Paradise. I think there's a lot of comparisons that you can make there. Yeah, the, have you done any of the arcade events, the little temporary events to pop up? Okay, so... I've actually had some technical difficulties with Forza Horizon 5. Okay. You're, you're hitting on it exactly because I have this. When I first played the game, I saw uh, uh, it's Horizon Arcade, right? That's yeah. what it's called. I saw that on the map, but I didn't do it. And then I turned it back on, and it was like, hey, dude, do a Horizon Arcade event. It was like giving me this prompt that wouldn't go away. Huh. And I just like wanted it to go away, but a, a Horizon Arcade event wouldn't appear. And I was like, and it kept disconnecting me from online. I'm like, is it because oh. of my privacy settings on No, they Xbox? were having some disconnection issues. They okay. say they've addressed without... Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I changed some stuff around and it seemed smoother, but I haven't gotten a notification for a Horizon Arcade event, so I don't know how rare those are, but that that little box is like, do the Horizon Arcade? I'm like, I can't. It's not there. Yeah. Um, two things, Maybe. Uh, one, I've noticed sometimes that if, uh, if it's in rest mode or suspend mode, mm. it doesn't always necessarily connect you to 
Horizon Life, the online, mm. you know. Kind yeah, of. I was definitely having so trouble connecting to Horizon Life. So sometimes you just have to like reboot Life. the game and then it'll sure. connect. Um, but then the other thing is, in general, I don't see that pop up for Horizon Arcade. Like I kind of have to like look at the map and see like, all right, are there any? And even on the stream, it's this kind of things. Like I wanted to show people, but it, right. I would see them, and then they would be like 15 seconds from starting, and I'm on the other side of the map. It's like, well, right, not, not going to make it. One. You yeah. know, the the one thing that w- will help is there is a each one of the different houses that you buy. Mm-hmm. Save your credits from getting cars. Buy the houses first because one of the houses uh. allows you to fast travel to any road on the map. Oh. Whereas when you first start, fast travel is limited to houses and Horizon outposts. It's so funny because I that thought popped up in my head while I was playing. I was like, "Oh, I wonder if I could fast travel there," and then I immediately forgot about it because, right. like, it's just too much fun to drive around. Right. Like, well, I'm, I'm and that's blast. part of it too. Like, yeah. you know, almost like a, a Castlevania game or right. something, where it's like right. you want to fill out all of those roads, yes. and you look and you're like, okay, I haven't even been any of that stuff at all. Mm-hmm. You know, there's you know, there's even for me, there's still like some pretty broad spaces yeah. where like, oh, I've always just gone that way for whatever reason so i need to go check that out um but back to the question you know because i think this is a game that that really does have a lot of universal appeal do you think maybe for somebody like you that is a hindrance where you're like okay i've been with this series from the beginning like i just want it to surprise me a little bit more or challenge me a little bit more right like do you do you think that accessibility comes at a cost i suppose um. Yeah, I mean it's it's weird because that accessibility, that do whatever you want. It it's again it, it, there's that that, that double edged sword. We're like, well, everybody can have very different experiences in this game. Yeah. You know, if you like to just paint cars and yes. you know trade designs with people, you can do that and you can get rewarded for it. Um, if you don't want to deal with that, then when you go to the auto show, you look through the top things that are there. And if you'd like one, you pick it. If you don't, you don't, you know? Right. Uh, same thing with tuning, you know, it's like tuning is just like arcane art to me. But if I t- can go and, and see some tunes that people have done and like, all right, well, that'll boost my st- stats up to max out the car in this, you know, level, then sure. I'll, you know, I'll do that. Um, but at, at the same time, you know, kind of going back to, you know, sort of the, the, the opposite, the very distinct tracks of like Mario Kart, you know, when you say baby park, people know what that is, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know that there is a Forza Horizon 5 track that will ever be a baby park to somebody. As sure. good as all of these tracks are, as many cool parts there are, you know, maybe maybe the switchbacks up the side of the, the volcano or or something like that, mm-hmm. those will stand out. Some locations will stand out. But in terms of an actual race, there's just so many different options. There's so many different ways people can go. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting because tomorrow night we're going to be group streaming uh, Horizon 5, and it's something that I definitely push for. But now that I have experience with the game, like, I am so pumped for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> I, I've been thinking about how much fun I've just been having in this game on my own and I know that with you guys like it's it's there's just something about like it feels impossible to not have some amount of fun with it you yeah. know and I feel like I I've honestly just been treating this game as kind of like a cooldown game 
like, you know, I'm oh, it's late. I'm done with everything else. I'm just going to play an hour of, of Horizon 5. And it's like it's the best cooldown game, you know, I could ask for. It like fits that need perfectly. And it's funny that it's, you know, with the rise of Game Pass and it being on Game Pass, it's like the perfect yeah. Game Pass game. It really is. And, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's funny uh, because, like, I... I never have racing games as some one of my favorite games of the year, but I would not be surprised. You know, I haven't done the actual like banging out of the list, but like it, it's just a game that it's, it's just a blast. Yeah. It's just a good. And time. I, I haven't even touched like the playground games yet. Those are usually really good. Mm. You know, playing Capture the Flag and yeah. zombies and stuff with people. And you know, that's another reason I'm excited to do the group. You're gonna tell me all the cool stuff. You're gonna like maximize the <laughs> fun. Like I'm already having yeah, unfocused yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna make it way better. Go ahead. Um as a father of a two year old, it's nice to have a game, you know, be playing a car game like this. He'll come yeah. in and I'm just like, do like please come in. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna have to just quickly turn off the television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like had to do that through all the month of October. I was just like, oh I'm decapitating somebody. Hold on a second. Um but uh yeah he just like came in and I was like doing podcast work and he was like Race cars. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, trust me, Daddy I would can't. love to race cars yeah. right now. That'd be so much fun. Oh, that's so wholesome. But, um, and just wondering, like, you know, like the one thing I have to say about Forza Horizon Five is this game just looks makes me wonder if I'm missing out on other games on PlayStation Five and Series X that look like this game looks. This game is just astounding. Like it just uh um, we'll talk about Riders Republic and other games I've been playing. Even like Hot Wheels Unleashed, like other games. I'm just like, this game looks really nice. And they get yeah. to this, like, okay, never mind. This is clearly like <laughs> at least another tier that I'm just not currently playing on a regular basis. Well, it's woo, it's one thing to have the game look as good as it does, but oftentimes when I I run into this category of game that that looks this good, it's like. There's the frame rate dip. There's the frame rate dip. Yeah. And then it gets in my head, and it's like I can't unsee it. And it's like Horizon 5 has been so rock solid. It's like the furthest thing from my mind. Like it just runs beautifully. Like it's a, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. The uh, – oh, uh, the other thing that kind of came up last night, and it's just it's, – it's more of a wish list thing than a criticism. Uh, but in terms of being familiar – uh, you know, the, the playlists, they do a really good job with curating the music and they have like, you know, kind of like GTA, they have like five or six different radio stations. Uh, I'm actually pretty disappointed in the radio. Are you? Okay. Yeah. And it's probably just my own particular pay- taste, but a lot of times like I'll do a cycle through the radio and I'm like, I don't want to listen to any of this. <laughs> <songs yet." laughs> but it, but the thing is like they've, they've had kind of the same stations yes, and DJs for several games. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and and just I, I saw uh, Janet Garcia tweeted that like she had turned off the in-game music and just like created a Banda uh, playlist and Spotify and was just listening to that. Yeah. But it just made me realize that like oh my gosh that would be so perfect. Oh my gosh! Is if every place that they went to with this Horizon series, yeah, is if one of the stations was a local DJ that curated their own playlist and they just figured out the rights for whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you were actually listening to the kinds of things you would be hearing on the radio if you turn the radio on in that country. Yeah, Because, you know, like, you know, like if if they go to Japan, I don't want to be listening to Killers and Beastie Boys again, right? Exactly, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Exactly. They should go to Japan. Um... Something that I saw on the map that I haven't checked out yet is the Eliminator to the Battle Royale. Yeah. How is that? Uh, yeah, I did a little bit of that in the multiplayer session for the review. 
Uh, and they introduced that a year-ish after Horizon 4. Four. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty fun. It's essentially a, a car battle royale. And so what you do is that you drop in there. Everyone drops in there with the same, like, base-level car. And then you have to look around for these car drops, right? So there's, like, purple smoke that's uh, shooting up. And then when you find a car drop, it could be – so you start on, like, a level – you start on, like, level one, and then they, like, rank up to, like, two, three, four, five, six, et cetera. So you could get lucky and – find you know like something that's three levels above you or you you know you could find something that's like oh i'm a level three and this is a level two and, mm. or whatever but then when you see somebody else you can challenge them and then you have this point-to-point race and then whoever makes it to the finish line first they win they get to either get that other person's car or boost their own car up a level um, and then the other person is knocked out. That's the eliminator. You know, that's the battle royal aspect. And then once it gets down to, I think, the last 10 people or something like that, then there's just, like, one final race and, you know, winner takes all. Uh, but there's a little bit of strategy in that to where, you know, if you do have a good car, then you can kind of camp out by one of the car drops and wait for somebody to come along and then challenge them mm-hmm. before they're ready for it. And uh, and then just, you know... Ed- just one of the differences now is when Eliminator came out on 4, everybody was already very familiar with that map. Sure. And knew where to go and how to get around. Yeah. Now that, like, everyone's on the same page. We're all running into lava rocks and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was say, if you get a really good car and then just <laughs> run right into a wall, you know, and stay there, then yeah. it's just like somebody's going to beat you to it anyway. Yeah, so. and that's what the, the developers are saying. It's like, never give up because you never know when somebody's going to hit a tree. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned it briefly earlier, but I'm very excited just because it's been a long time coming. I've, I've been looking forward to this game for literally years. It was announced in 2017 at yeah. the unveiling of the Switch, the official unveiling. Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, and I, I think the first thing I want to say, I'm, I'm going to, like you were mentioning, Blood, I'm definitely taking this from my review, but um, I am amazed that this game exists. I really am. Because I think this is the epitome of a game that is not for everyone. Like, uh, it's, you know, it's the inverse of, of Horizon 5 where, like, I, I love it. I have no idea, you know, unless I knew you very, very well if you were going to like it because it's a very specific type of game. But how heavily it leans into that uh, and how well it executes on those ideas, I think, is just so commendable. I, I feel like we see so many series and so many games get watered down and to to have something that that feels like it has a niche but kind of singular vision I think is so cool and it's been really frustrating I've I've been purposely of course as I'm going through the review process avoiding other reviews but I'm seeing mainstream outlets be like well it's not as likable as Persona and it's just like this is just hurting my soul on multiple <laughs> levels like I understand that Persona 5 was this huge unmitigated success and it really like introduced a lot of new people to Persona and that's super cool but th- seeing that new wave not be familiar with Shin Megami Tensei and not 
really realized that it was spun off, Persona was spun off from SMT and that SMT is trying to accomplish very different things than something like Persona is trying to accomplish. It's just like a weird moment. Like, I feel like the old man with the cane a little bit like, no, you don't understand. Um, but all of that out of the way, right? Like, I've played through Shin Megami Tensei 4. I've played through Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne recently uh, when the HD remaster came out. And those games... Uh, especially Nocturne, are kind of well-known for how difficult they are, right? And so I've I've plenty of experience with SMT. I, I knew that going in. I was hoping for that. And even with all of that experience, all of that time, this has to be one of the most brutal RPGs I've ever played. <laughs> oh, like, just today, just today, I got caught off guard by an enemy they got to act like four times in a row. My main character died. And I was like, wait, this, I think, is that like a, just an hour of, pro- I think that might just be like an hour of progress gone. I didn't time it out exactly. I don't know how much it was, but it was significant. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. Most bosses in this game feel like a final boss in any other game. Mm. I mean, it is like, you're like, I've leveled up, I've prepared, I've done everything correctly. And it's still butt clenching. It's just like you, you like I've constantly had those moments where it's like, okay, it's low on health. I'm just gonna go for it to try to kill it. Um, and it's it it never ever 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 lets you rest on your laurels. It's like when it warns you that a big fight is coming up. That's mm. not just they're, they're not kidding around. It's right. not just like they're not trying to like trick you into thinking that a really dangerous fight is coming up ahead like it is it it matches the level of intensity that the story is presenting every step of the way and that is exciting i think a lot of people are gonna get frustrated i think a lot of people are going to quit but if you love rpgs and you love combat systems like i do being forced like really the game grabbing you and being like are you sure about this with every decision that you make? And there are so many decisions like it's every single aspect of your character and the demons that you're using to fight with you feels essential. It's like, you got to look at your whole roster and it's like, okay, what is everyone's weakness? What is everyone's strengths? What are their spells here? They can only hold this many spells. When I level up, I'm going to get a new spell. and I can think of a situation where that would be really useful, but all the spells that I have on this guy are already useful. So which one do oh, I give yeah. up? Like right. Pokemon. And yeah, so like... you have to, you have to constantly, yeah. uh, you, you, you make genuine sacrifices and you don't always have all the answers. And so you just have to try to plan and strategize as best you can. And so when you pull it off, when you do feel like you're prepared, when you do think ahead and you make the right decisions, it's, it feels, um, incredible. But all of this stuff that I'm saying, right? Like this is all pretty normal SMT stuff, right? Like th- these are positive qualities that I think have endeared people to the series for a very long time. What separates SMT five is how much of an exploration game that it is, mm. and that's not what I. I mean, when I did the preview, obviously I, I saw that, but before having hands-on experience of the game, that's not what I was expecting. So the maps that you're in, the areas that you go to are you're in a destroyed Tokyo, right? And they really take advantage of that by 
having like all of this sand come in and so it changes the elevation of everything. You have to, there are these crumbled buildings that you're literally jumping through. There's like trains that are turned over that you have to run across. Like you are doing like as much platforming as you are fighting and you're doing a hell of a lot of fighting. And it's not just like, because sometimes I feel like JRPGs will be like, oh, there's a chest up there. I'm going to climb up these vines or right. like jump to this thing. Oh, yeah. Well, even in Persona 5, they yeah. did a little bit of that with jumping across the chandeliers and right. all that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And so it's definitely something that has existed. This is way, way, way beyond that, right? Where you will have moments where it's like, how do I get to that thing? And you'll have to do precision platforming. It's not like a prompt comes up and you hit it and it automatically does it. Like you actually have to make the jump. Um, and it's really fun like it starts out pretty simple but as you get further and further in the game you'll have these like i've had so many moments where just like uncovering the map and uh trying to get these treasures is like one of the most fun things about it and i won't like i'll have times where i'm like how do i get there and i'll i I think i'll know it and i'll run and it's like oh no i have to go over here i have to go under this and it's just like really intricate and fun and i feel like um SMT, like, as a broader Umbrella series, has kind of struggled with having um, dungeons that are, like, just annoying in how mean they are. Um, Mm. Like, it's like, oh, like, Nocturne specifically, I'm thinking, like, okay, like, if you walk down this path, all the tiles will just do damage over time. And so (laughs) it's just, like, that kind of, like, brutal cruelness uh, that... You're like, okay, I gotta, how much damage did I take? Oh, I'm almost dead. I gotta heal it up. And like that kind of thing, or having like a bunch of crazy um, portals or something where it's like, oh, I go in here. Where does that take me now? I'm over here. Just kind of things that like are hard, but also kind of aggravating. This is fun. This is like, oh, I need to get up this mountain. Like, where's the path that leads to that? And I think a huge part of why it's fun is because A, it's really well designed. Um, you know, these aren't just like tile-based places that you're going through. They feel like real physical locations, but also because you're not dealing with random encounters. So any demon that you want to get in a fight with, for the most part, you you will see there are some demons that will <laughs> just pop out of nowhere. But uh, for the most part, you see them on the map. And so you, you're like, okay, I know that threat is there. And you're so mobile, um, you can dash uh, as much as you want, you can constantly jump, and it's like, okay, they might try to come after me, but I can't avoid them. And so if you want to get into that mindset of, I don't really want to fight, I just want to explore, you can do that and have that be a satisfying venture uh, on its own. And of course, you know, you, there's still a risk, right? Like, they can still come and get you and attack you. Um, but I think taking out the 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 random encounters and the way that they present them uh, is super important. But on top of that, Because the game is so difficult, you need every advantage that you can get. Hmm. And what I love about this game, and I I do not get this feeling almost ever in games, and it drives me up a wall. Like, a lot of times I do side quests in games just because, like, maybe I want to hear the story, right? Or I just get into that completionist mindset. I would say, like, those are the two driving factors for doing side quests in games. I do side quests in Shin Megami Tensei 5 because 
you need the experience and the items and the demons that it will give you. And you'll get something and be like, oh, my God, this will help me out so much. And the same is true of even the most basic chests. Like, I'm going and I'm combing every, you know, nook and cranny of the map because it's like, no, I, I need, like, you have to give this to me. Um, and I think that need is really, like, I'm not just doing things to check them off the list. I'm doing them because the game is making them worthwhile. And I think that... Like everything feeds into everything else. Like I, I'm, I'm so impressed the, by this game's design in the sense that, like, no matter what I'm doing or no matter what decision I have to make, it feels important. It feels valuable. Right. Um, and I think that that's so. Or cool. it's like when I was playing something like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, it was like I'm just gorging myself at this point. Right. right. You know, like I don't need to do more. It's like another, another area to go conquer. Yeah, well, I'm like, many, right. How many We're, games where you pick up like a hundred weapons? And like, all right, I guess yeah. I'll just sell this for the money I don't need. Yeah. Right. And. The, the flip side of that, I think the other thing that you run into uh, with kind of, you know, optional content in games is if you get in that completionist mindset, you do the optional content and then you get to the main quest and you're like, well, I just sneeze on it and I beat it, mm-hmm. right? No, <laughs> not true here. <laughs> right, right. Not true here. It, it really, like, it's, it's not just about grinding. It's not just about doing every side quest. Like, even with those things, even doing those things, right, if you're making bad decisions, you will die. And right, and I, I think that is the other thing that makes it so much fun. Is it's like this is going to be rewarding regardless of how you're playing. Uh, yeah. Now, grinding is something I think I've seen f- flash through the conversation on this game. Do mm-hmm. you feel like grinding is something you have to like? stop and go out of your way to do or do you think that if you are exploring and doing side quests along the way it mitigates the need for for having to do that it's a great question and it's a question that i don't know that how accurately i can answer it because i do grind um and i i have grinded in smt5 but the reason that i grind is like the way that it's set up is like let's say you fight a boss right and the boss kicks your ass you're like, oh, okay, in the next level or in two levels, I can fuse this new demon Got that it, yeah, will... Yeah. Um, There's actually a goal there and not just a level up. Right. And because, like, the, the leveling up is important. Um, you know, boosting your stats uh, is important. But what's so interesting is, like, the, your, your main protagonist that you play, he doesn't get um, skills as he levels up. You have to go out there and you have to explore and you have to collect these things called essences. And then you can either fuse... The essences have their own skills and affinities to them. And if you fuse them into him, that's how he gets new abilities. So you have to go out there and find that stuff. And so, like, grinding just in terms of overpowering your enemy won't really do it. It's like, like you said, I think you phrased it perfectly. I have this goal. I want this new demon. This new demon comes with its own tool set that will help me deal with this particular problem. Um, and so that has been really, really interesting. And I think the other thing that is, that is interesting is just as I'm going on, the types of challenges that I'm dealing with are pretty satisfying in their own way where like the game kind of starts out and it's just like, okay, do you know how the press turn system works? Do you know how to take advantage of that? Do you know how to do sufficient damage? Like, are you being smart? Like, do you know when you should have everybody guard? And now it's like, okay, now you're running into 
bosses where there's like four or five people and one of those people can heal the others up to full. So you have to be like, okay, I need to do like threat assessment. It's like, which order do I take these things out at? And it's just like, this. make no mistake, you are fighting in this game all the time. And I feel like I've kind of seen the sentiment of like, oh man, I want to be with my high school friends <laughs> talking. It's like, that's not really what this is. You know, it is, right. it is very, it's like, Demons, it's, man. Oh, that's something that I wasn't entirely clear on because I saw a little bit of that in your preview. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, well, then Tokyo gets destroyed. It's like, well, so is that an element past the intro or, 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 mm. or how does that play into things? Right. Uh, so I want to be very careful here uh, right. because I don't want to spoil anything for people. Um, and, there, there certainly is a, a high school element, but it just because there's a high school element, it doesn't mean it's persona, right? You're not going to basketball practice, right? Uh, it is just your character happens to be a high schooler and you're dealing with other high schoolers and they do have high school problems that they're going through, but the way that it's presented is very different um, than like a persona. And a hallmark of mainline and uh, SMT is Tokyo always gets destroyed, right? Like it's kind of a thing is it's just like, they, they kind of take that fundamental concept of Tokyo gets destroyed, angels and demons are fighting, you have these different forces with these different ideologies uh, kind of racing to get into power. And the same is true here. Like, the, all those hallmarks are still present, but the, 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 the twist is who do you side with and what shape do those forces take in this iteration? Now, I, I, it was funny because I think it was on a stream. Somebody said, like, I, I was like, oh, I don't want anything to be spoiled for me for SMT5. I was like, please don't say anything. And they were like, as a joke, they were like, Ben, Tokyo gets destroyed. That always <laughs> happens. Uh, but what I will say is there is a, a twist. There is an element to this particular entry where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's kind of different. And so um, it was not necessarily what I expected. Um, and although the character moments are not nearly as focused in on in something like, like a persona, um, I think there have been moments between characters or things that have happened to characters where I'm like, oh, damn, like that, that uh, was I wasn't expecting that to happen. Like the way that you were positioning this character, I wasn't expecting that particular thing. Um, and I think part of that is, like, you look at Persona 5, and Persona 5 absolutely deals with um, heavy material, for sure. Um, Real-world, relatable things that people go through. But at the end of the day, its solution to that is by forming bonds with people, by having the power of friendship, we can overcome things, right? Which is a totally fine message. But Shimigami Tensei is, like... <laughs> Sometimes really bad things happen and that's it. <laughs> you know, it's it's a much more um, blunt and nihilistic take on a dystopia. Uh, I would say it, it is it, there's there is not necessarily a um, uniting together moment at the end of it, and I think it makes it a very interesting counterpart to something like a persona. I de again, I don't think it's something that everybody's going to be into, uh, but it's it's bleakness i think is just so uncommon that it's it's very refreshing in a way hmm. yeah um but yeah it's 
It's so hard because there there are different difficulty options, right? So if like you're hearing me talk and you're like, wow, that sounds too much for me, but I'm kind of curious about this game. I want to get it and I want to play on easy or whatever. It's like, I get it, and I don't think that's wrong. Absolutely play how you want to play. I 100% believe that. But I feel like the challenge is so essential to everything that this game is trying to do. Like, all of the systems and how well they're all thought out and how integral they are to each other, as well as the bleakness of the story. I feel like if you don't have that challenge, you're not really getting the intended message in a way. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the right way to phrase it. Sure. But it's a difficult problem to solve because yeah. like I want this game to do well. I want it to succeed, but I could totally understand people being scared off. <laughs> but I want it to burn people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think I think through that challenge, right? Like you feel this um like almost kindred relationship with it where it's like Listen, this isn't just another game that you play and then forget about a week later. It's like some of these fights that I've been through, it's like I'll never forget this, yeah. you know. Um, and so I think that's the trade-off. I think that's the trade-off. Uh, Brandon, you were hitting at this earlier, Riders Republic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a bunch of this game. Uh, I've been excited about this game. I was curious about it. <laughs> I remember, like, seeing the first shot where they showed were called mass races. It's one of the few things you actually do in the game against a real person. You can identify real people on the map, but this is like the game will yell at you no matter what you're doing. Mass race in four minutes, go, and then everybody like teams up and um, like you're. It's so funny to listen to because it's just clink 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 clink, and like the positions changing, like your position relative to other people is just like sounds like a casino. And I remember seeing that in the initial trailer, being like, cool. The steep people are doing bikes, and it looks like you know jetpacks and stuff, and like. That's fun to kind of put them all together, but I don't know if it'll be that fun. There's got to be some catch. And they did a pretty good job. They uh, This, in my years of reviewing games, the progress from Steep to Riders Republic uh, is rare in, in terms of, like, what I've experienced. And I don't know Ubisoft Annecy if, like, you can really tell, like, everything they've done before. I looked, and there was just, like, mostly Riders Republic. Like, I don't know um, if they've worked on other projects just because it's, like... Such an advancement from uh, the last game, which I also reviewed. It's it's funny that you bring up Steep because I, you know me, like I'll pretty much jump. It's very easy for me to get excited about a game, but Steep was one of those games where I'm like, I have no interest in this. Like this just looks, I, I feel like unless you're really into the concept of a snowboarding video game. Yeah. Uh, just the, 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 the vibe was very bland, whereas I feel like Riders Republic from a visual perspective, and of course, you know, it has a lot more variety, but it's just more attention-grabbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the, yeah, SSX spiritual successor that I've been waiting on. It's not quite, you know, ringing all of those bells. Never going to get my tricky tricks <laughs> ever again. You can kind of, you can hold the, you know, snowboard out, but I can't let it go. I can't do flips with it, you know, like spin it on one finger. Um, but... Darn, this game is fun. I just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's it's one of those games where you're viewing and you're like, yeah, I can nitpick and I'll look at the stuff you brought up with Forza. I can go on and on about like all sorts of weird, you know, glitchy things that happen. Um, but I just, I don't recall getting frustrated <laughs> with this game. I don't recall ever 
like something would happen or um, you know, like if I ever got frustrated with the track, it's just because I was going too darn fast. Like it's almost always the solution to everything. Um, and as an open world nut, it's just so freeing and so open and welcoming and um, has in a lot of ways what you were talking with Forza is just constantly like here's new stuff, here's new. Um, in the way that Forza hands out cars, one thing that's really fun is they have uh, these things called Shack Daddy events, which are like the crazy guys, like the Shack Animal House. Daddy. The Shack Daddy crew. Um, <laughs> even though none of them are named. Uh, there's no like main Shack Daddy guys. It's just a bunch of weirdos, you know, like in costumes. Like there's the guy with the rubber ducky around his waist. I guess that's like the protagonist of the Shack Daddies. I'm not sure. But those events are really fun because they'll unlock like a crazy bike or a funny outfit or something. And um, there are landmarks that you can find on the map. The whole thing is a bunch of uh, national parks jammed together, which I was like, what a funny way to honor all of these wonderful locations right. that I hold so dear because they're all in the U.S., but also kind of like bastardizing them at the same time because it's just like yeah. you're in Mammoth and they're like, what? There's not – oh, the Canyonlands yeah, isn't sure right there. I'm sure anyone <laughs> from Mexico is looking at Forza Horizon <laughs> yeah. 5 the same way. Yeah, it's like – It's like it's the, a, you've, they've stick a name on something that you recognize and yeah. like, oh, really? Like, okay. And then the way they talk about it, they're like, ah, we've been here for years. And I remember the original people that rode this mountain. I'm like, well, this mountain when it was next to Mammoth or this mountain in real life? It's, it gets a little confusing. We can go to landmarks you get experience for in them that you can actually see these places and the descriptions for them I adore because I love going to national parks I love hiking I love camping and a lot of them talk about parking and the lines for the bathrooms and like like if if this looks cool and you're inspired by this game don't hike here because people have died it's really serious you know they're like this looks neat enjoy it in the game or this looks cool and it's very accessible but parking's a nightmare um, and it's got a really fun attitude. I hated the attitude in Steep, and I hate the attitude in Riders Republic, just from the dialogue, from the characters and yeah, stuff. Yeah, in um, the little that I've played, the dialogue has seemed... That's it. That's most of it, just mm. right at the beginning. Okay, but yeah, in the beginning ton, it was rough. But there's a ton of it. And they throw these two characters at you that you just talk to the whole time, and it's just like, it's so weird to see like the cover and just like, people all over the place, and like all the art's just like at least 15 people in every shot, and there are two characters <laughs> like throughout the entire game. What's up? Is the guy calling you back? And I'm just like, man, it'd be great. Even SSX, which doesn't have a lot of like NPCs, there are all the other play characters that you can play as. And so it's this game is has a ton of personality and is soulless at the same time. It's really mm. it's a very strange mix. Or at least these two characters they try to establish it just like wipe out of my mind. And I think of all my favorites like actual sports stories, like the dog town, you know, Dogstown and Dogtown, right? Yeah, the Z Boys. And like, you know, when like early snowboarders, Tony Hawk, and like how all these things actually like really came to fruition. And it's kind of what they're going for in Riders Republic. And it's like, you're not even doing a bad attempt at this. It's just, you're like pretending you're kind of doing it. But it just, I can't help but, it's kind of how you feel with Forza, where you're like, I can't help but think it'd be neat if I had like a whole cast of weirdos that were just jumping on the radio stations or I would just meet at different events. They're like, here's a whole new discipline. I'm like, be dope if there was a person to go with it, you know, that would talk. Even like bad, like Need for Speed games have had like I'm oh, the yeah. street racing guy, yeah, yeah. you know. And so it's like it's really, really missing that. Only because it's trying to do it at the same time. Like mm-hmm. if you wouldn't shut up, I wouldn't think you should tell. I have a better script, you know. Like if I just came in and they were like, whatever, extreme sports, national parks, go have fun. Then like I wouldn't bat an eye. But because they're yelling at me so much, it's like. Yeah. You know, do this better. <laughs> it's it's weird because I feel like it clashes with so much of the rest of the game because but once you do get away from that stuff, it really feels like so little is in your way, right? Right. right. Um, 
I mean, you can fly in this game. You fly. You you can. You, they give you a jetpack after a couple hours of the game, and you hit the L one button, and you go flying into the air. And I love that even when you pick a location and zoom back to the map, the moment it starts the animation of going into the map, you can hit L one, and it'll register that you've taken off. So by the time you get to your character, he's already like I'm already nice. like flying up in the air. Um, and that's like the that's why this game I think is fantastic. Is it it works? It runs really well. It's I've never kind of run into weird issues, and when I have, there's just kind of like an insanity to the whole thing. So like it, it works, you know. Like I don't I don't mind doing a race over. I don't mind restarting. I don't mind rewinding the cam, um, which is so funny in Forza Blood because in this game it's very like glitchy and you know remix when you like try to rewind and in Forza it's so elegant. It's just like <laughs> life itself just starts to go backwards, um, but. Uh, um, it's and especially the mass races. It's like I think the best I've done is like eighth, and mm-hmm. I, I like screamed. I was so excited. I'm like ah, like I wasn't expecting <laughs> to break the twenties, and like I got eighth. Like um, so, I'm. Je- it's just fun to earn new things. Fun to get more stars. Uh, it ha- it reminds me of kind of like uh, I don't remember if the crew did this, but it reminds me of like Super Mario Odyssey, where it's like you get credits at like twenty percent of the game, and then there's like so much of it left if you really mm-hmm. want to dig in. And like you get the participation award for like everything. If you just show up and do it, you're done. And it, it'll star, you did it. And then there's like, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten stars sometimes that you can also earn from the event if you like hit all the balloons or, you know. And some of those I'll just magically do. They're like, do a very specific trick. And I'm like, oh, I did it. I'm like, oh, cool, thanks. Like, <laughs> and so like I'm at the stage now when I'm writing the review script where it's like, I could go back and spend as much time, if not more, than I just did if I really want to nitpick and do that stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's neat. It's, I have my favorites, but at the same time, there's a bunch of stuff I've also unlocked that I'm like, the rocket bite's cool, but it doesn't beat the rocket's keys. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to use those. Where have those been all my life? Just skis <laughs> that you just go up the mountain. Nice. Or like, or like some races, you can make your own races. And so I'm also at that point where it's like, I can just go into the user created right. content and see all the stuff people have made. Yeah. That's another thing I haven't even touched is the event lab in Forza. Uh, kind of caught Halloween just right at the tail end, you know, like, so I was playing all these other Halloween games and then started to realize like, oh no, I bet they're doing an event and they had all these cool unlocks and like the Scarecrow's still in the shop. Um, but, uh, it's just, um, and it's a a real place. Like all these places are cool. You can visit them. You know, it's, it's the, you know, a lot of them are like Yosemite's one, which is just like, you know, one of the OG national parks, one of my favorite places to exist in the world. It's like one of the reasons I love California so much. Um, so I'm, I've just been like, it's, it's, it's almost like a somber experience going to write the review because you're like, well, I should probably start playing now mm-hmm. <laughs> just like type, type, type because, uh, very, very fun. So much fun. I don't even know how cross save works. I've been playing on PS5. A little confusing Ubisoft. They, they, oh, they, they gave yeah, me all this yeah. preview stuff on play on PC and they're like, here's your PS5 review code. And then I started over and like had to make a new character, even though it was like the same Ubisoft account. So when I go back to PC, I, I hope, <laughs> I hope it carries over. If not. Like, I'm totally fine starting over on wow. our Epic accounts. Huber really wants to play. He was like, we got to make, like, a faction. And I know he probably won't have time to play until next year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one of those games where it's like, yeah, easily, all right. they got to do is just whisper, like, hey, we added this new couple of races. And it's like, I will easily boot this game up and jump back in right. uh, and play. Uh, store is super weird. Uh, there's not a lot going on. I, like, jumped in and was like, oh, all, everyone in these bike races wearing a white shirt. I want to get a blue shirt. And they're like... 
here's your outfit of the day. You got 20 grand of the currency you can earn? I'm like, I don't. Like, That's it. You know, and I'm, like, seems... and I'm like, I can understand if there's a lot of things you're showing me that I can't buy that I need to buy. It kind of reminds currency, me of but Fall it's Guys, like, the way you describe it, because like, like you, you, know, you always have that like, daily timer. It's like, like, well, if you get four crowns, you can get this thing. I'm like, well, I'm not going to win that many times today. Thanks. A bl- <laughs> like a blue long sleeve I didn't think would be impossible to get. Mm-hmm. Like a bad... You know, banged up leather jacket. I don't think would be <laughs> too tough. Well, and you would uh, think so with the way the game's like, presenting yeah. itself, it, it was kind of like Animal Crossing, yeah. where it's like you go to the store and they're like, eh. "Yeah, you know, I knew you want that table, but you got to wait a little bit." Um, so now, after like two weeks after launch, um, and because I I love this, you can pick your costume for six different things. So it's snow tricks, snow race, bike tricks, bike race, air. Oh, so it just automatically changes based on what you're So doing. whenever you switch to that event, you're wearing that That's thing. That's cool. Uh, and just like odds and ends. So when I go on my rocket skis, I have like my brown hoodie and um, – but uh, – yeah, I, I mostly like those outfits, but I would just love it. Give me a new pair of boots, man. You know, right. like, where's my cowboy hat at? You know, it was just, there's, Jones, there's not a lot of options. Have you gotten the leather hat in, in Horizon yet? Um, no, I'm looking for that too. It's like yeah. a, it's, it's, it's tied to one of the story – For one sure, of the yeah, yeah. Things, yeah. Well, all right. I have that to look forward to. Jones – I when like, I nit, nitpicky stuff jumped into I don't know if it was the trial or beta or whatever it was mm. for Rise Republic. Like mm. I, I really had no expectations for it. I wasn't going. This wasn't a game I was excited about. I just downloaded it because it was there, and I remember going like, "Whoa! Like this, this is fun. Like I would totally play this." And it's so weird because I had a much, uh, a, a much stronger positive impression towards the very little time that I spent with Rise Republic than I expected. But now I have Forza, and I feel like it is it is taking – like, I think Riders is really fun. I just think Forza right. is better. It is. No, there's no question. So, it and was, so it's like it, – it, it, Dude, the yeah. visuals alone – that's partly why the visuals in Forza are so like – you know, like it's 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 like take it's like putting my glasses a little closer to my head. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like holy cow, this is a good looking game. Yeah, and it was funny because Forza will affect my writers. I don't know if it'll affect the score, but it's like I'm certainly going back to writers, being like, okay, you know, because yeah. I was squinting at the environment, at the horizon. And I'm like, okay, the map's pretty big, and and it's a bummer that the desert just kind of becomes snow. But you know, you know, like maybe I'm being too critical. It runs really well, and then I play Forza, and it's like, no, 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 yeah. no. like it's clear. You could, there, there are things you can achieve <laughs> uh, in an open world visual fidelity. <laughs> like, those are forts of trees and there are riders' trees. And, it, it, um, and, like, you know, this game well, is not going anywhere. I could still play it, yeah. you know, months can't from now or whatever. Or can you? You can jump, no. but you can't fly. Yeah, you, you can get on some pretty crazy jumps, but nothing. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, I've, I can't remember the last time I had another game just, like, take the place of another good what, game. What, what so forts it, yeah, it's, from a strict race perspective, there's also that. But, like, what I haven't really talked about, again, I like, just, you know, mentioned SSX and try to as much as possible <laughs> in all of Easy Allies content. Right. <laughs> try to be SMT, SSX. We're Somebody make an we SSX can. We're both doing cool. what we can. If I could talk about SSX on Frame Trap, I would. But there are no SSX games. Um, the tricks, man. It took me a while to understand, like, oh, okay, like, AB is a short trick, but XB is a is a little longer trick. All right. And, like, because when you add grabs to it, it's like, are you upside down? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's kind of crazy to look at. When I really started to get in that, that groove. Because I remember in the preview event, I was like, these modes of the trick stuff that they do are great. I just suck at it right now. So it's kind of frustrating because I don't I get up in the air and I don't know what I'm going to do before I land. And like once I finally got that groove, it's like, oh, I miss this so much. Like, 
I've really missed just that that uh, that fear of like and on bikes too. Weird going from steep and then you get into this game. First thing, bike. You know, they're like the first thing you ever do. You know, yeah. Here's your bike. Flip it. I'm like, whoa! I'm, I haven't done this since the PS2. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so uh, yeah. Just I think to, the, the bikes are the thing that I'm most interested in checking. Grinding out on game, stuff, yeah. seeing collectibles and weird stuff. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if my, I've run my a lot of time for Riders Republic because I need to talk about what might be the greatest thing in this video game. Mm. Uh, what literally just makes the entire thing work. Uh, they have ghosts constantly running on this map. And uh, so it makes that trailer that I first saw kind of realizes it. It's like that is the vibe in the game. And so wherever you go, there's constantly people going around you. And you'll see little yellow icons. It's like that's a real person. Um, And so they're usually like maybe 20 or so like across the map. And it's Mm kind of fun to see like what people are doing. But there are so many people. If you look at the map, they're just these little like white little weeble like, you know, uh, uh, dots like flying around going down courses so when I hadn't moved into areas, I would look and see like a circle of them and be like ants, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's a race. Okay, like maybe, yeah. maybe I'll go do that event. And when you're going down courses, you'll like if I'm on a bike course, some guy on, you know, a snowboard will do a trick like over. And I'm like, maybe that was canned. Maybe that just happened. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter. It just yeah. kind of has this lively like, right, right, like right, right. in the same way, if you zoom in on the map, you can look at a 2D version or a 3D version of it. And if you zoom in close enough in the 3D version, you actually see people. Uh, you know, flipping around, and it's so funny to see them just eat it. You know, just be following somebody, and it's like, oh, cool. I wonder where that person's gonna go. And just like right into a rock, and you can hear them because you're close enough. Just, Ugh! you know, like um, the intro to the game, like someone eats it like intentionally. It's like the whole vibe is it's just like, you know, let's play this game. So when we break our legs, we don't actually break our legs, like, right? Um, and that's what I loved about SSX when I first played it. Is I was like, you would die if you even attempted to do this. I love that there's some tr- there's some jumps. They send me off in a race, and I just I land perfectly, but I'm going so fast, and I'm like, how do I not? How do? What did you think was going to happen? You you sent me off the jump. Have you ever <laughs> seen the Hall of Meat in Skate? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Very fun. Um, so it just yeah it 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 has that vibe, and the DJs really bring such a more honest you know, version of that. And then I'll just like unlock something and like the cell phone will pop up in the menu and the guy's like, okay, so blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I skip. Like, next. <laughs> such a bummer. But it can't be, yeah, have that, have a better vibe. But then again, they're sports devs. So it's like, what writers do they, I don't know. How important is that? You know, like, you know, maybe they are creating characters that really speak to them or um, maybe this, maybe this is how sports people talk in France. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but uh, where is it? So. Where's Ubisoft? <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, Ubisoft Milan also I'm apparently did a lot, a bunch of names like roll by comically mm-hmm. in the beginning. I think they had a, oh, a lot of support. I mean, from yeah, across. that's a, any any Ubisoft the whole game. team. But um, people around the world, it fills my soul, and it's really fun to get into a game like this. It's November, so it's like December, January, February. Hopefully, it'll be a little colder here in LA. You know, I'm going to Florida over the holidays, but like maybe I'll see snow sometime in the next couple months. So it's nice. Great, granted, there are desert areas too, but. It's, you know, open world, so it's nighttime, daytime. You can just change that photo mode where you can just go nuts. Um, very, very fun. And I still have a lot to do. Stunts that are, like, not courses. It's just you and uh, some just crazy super meat boy thing you have to do. That just I, I tried one. It was like, okay, I understand how those work. <laughs> Maybe if I want to beat myself up, I'll do those later. But, it, you know, a good <laughs> example of, like, oh, what's this thing? So, uh, yeah, very fun map to explore. And just open world if you're a fan of open world, you know. Between this and Forza. Do you like the yeah, world? Yeah. Meat's on, boys. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Meat's back on the menu. Yeah. Head for the hills. We're going to cook up some meat right now in the sizzle. Uh, this is a segment where we just take a little break from 
talking strictly about individual games, and I, I, I throw a question at you guys, and I, I quite like this one. Don't remember, I, every frame strip I have that moment of deja vu where I'm like, did we do this before? I don't think we have, but maybe we have. Um, and that question is, are there any first-party par- properties, so like uh, Sony God of War or Microsoft, like Halo, you know, so on and so forth, uh, are there any first-party properties that you think would perform better with a different first-party company? Oh. So if you could poach uh, one, yeah. one you know, major brand, essentially, and, and put it somewhere else, would you do it? Banjo-Kazooie. Dude, I was just going to say that. <laughs> that was the first. That was the one I thought of. Dude. That was the one I thought it's of. kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unfair, but yeah, yeah. it is unfair. <laughs> but it's so true. <laughs> that was you... eerie, dude. I, I, dude, the thought was in my head for like four seconds before you said it. Banjo oh is just languishing away. Well, not only that, but I went to Microsoft first. How horrible that I was like, who can Microsoft give to Sony? You know, it was like or Nintendo. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they, you know, even like a. Uh, 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 oh yeah, that's actually though, an interesting a idea. Situation. A Banjo Kazooie from Sony. Yeah. You know, or like yeah, just or, or someone else. Just give that would break my yeah. brain. <laughs> it's odd that they. Could, it, it, you know. Living in a timeline where a, where Sony is making a Banjo Kazooie game, oh, but Nintendo's man. keeping Banjo alive right now. Like Nintendo's yeah. getting you know yeah. all the Banjo love out there is coming through Smash Brothers. Just so. let Nintendo make a fucking Banjo game. Well, and so the uh, N sixty four online is going to get it yep. sometime down yeah. the road. Right. That'll be an interesting comparison video. Mm. To see Banjo-Kazooie on Nintendo Switch Online versus Rare Replay, because they had a whole team come in and make that emulator for Rare Replay. To flip it around, you actually just said something that I think actually Microsoft could maybe do a very good job with. Like, uh, imagine like a Playground Games Pilot Wings. No, dude, that's what, again, the Writer's Republic. I was like, here we go. Man, it's been a while. These rings, I miss these rings. Really fun. Um, Yeah, and... uh, Kind of also like, you know, there was the thing about the 64. I'm looking forward to Parliament 64 is on that list, right? That's coming to the 64 stuff? I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've seen it. I don't. There was some game, there was some game on the 64. coming soon list that I got all excited about. I can't remember what that was. I don't. I mean, hmm, I, I struggle to think of like every game that was announced, but I don't remember seeing that. It's something that I easily could see being there eventually, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but but sure. that's why I got so into the crew, too, because it was just like something, anything to like. You know, mm-hmm. get, the whole, get the whole concept of travel and just give me so so many different ways to do it. And that's what's so fun about Pilot Wings. You know, it's just like whether I'm like rescuing stuff with a copter or trying to break the sound barrier with a really fast thing or like, um, yeah, fighting some weird chicken robot. Right? It's like a big chicken mech or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but Banjo's so funny. I mean, yeah. it's, it's go, the go, on, go the other direction. Yeah, like, crap. Give Wave Race to... Playground games. Absolutely. <laughs> Don would lose his mind. Playground's yeah. going to be busy. <laughs> hmm. I even think something like Twisted Metal. I wonder what would be a fun team at Microsoft that could yeah. handle something like that. I, I think just, <laughs> we just keep saying the same dev. I mean, Horizon 5 did just come out, but I do think Playground games would make a pretty sick Twisted Metal game. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. Get to work, Playground games. But, you know, right? I, I think Wave Race is just one of those franchises that you know, it was a technical marvel, you know, mm-hmm. when it released. And so it was like, well, you want it to be on the best hardware you can get it on. And, well, yeah. PC's that. You know? <laughs> there are some properties that, you know, developers have understandably moved on from that would yeah. be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see, like, like a Nintendo or Microsoft take on, like, a Jack and Daxter or Sly Cooper or something like right. that, I think would be yeah. cool. Where's that Wave Race cross Dead or Alive Extreme Beach volleyball game that we know is going to work? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Where you it, can have the races going around the volleyball. Work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just saying. That you should wanna, happen. You want to get some brands together when they need to. We need to collaborate I, to bring these franchises it's back. It's weird. I mean, I guess I don't know enough about the Extreme Beach games to say definitively that it hasn't happened. But as far as I know, you can't do that. And it's such a, I don't know, such a good idea. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. That'd be good. I don't know. Write in. Tell us what you think. Yeah. Um, um, I'd want to give Siphon Filter to anybody, but nobody's making stealth games nowadays. So. <laughs> well, apparently Ubisoft stealth is military. Going to. Apparently, stealth military games—they're gone. I'm <laughs> stop making them. I <laughs> would shut all the franchises down. I would n- never be Make happier to be proven wrong. <laughs> but. I have no faith that Ubisoft will make the Splitter Cell game that people want. Oh, right. I have no faith. Yeah. Please, Please prove that, me wrong. Oh, Please prove me wrong. Coming too, which could, uh, d- considering how much Splinter Cell ex- excels at doing stuff in the dark, that could be really fun. That could be really neat. I wonder, or, I wonder um, how like detailed that's going to look or if that's going to be like cartoony at all. It's, it's on a slight twist of, of the question, it could be really fun to have Nintendo and Bethesda collaborate like co-develop. So then Elder Nintendo Scrolls. could have games that don't work. Yep. That would be really interesting. <laughs> Single player and online that doesn't work. Um no, yeah, a Nintendo Bethesda thing would be interesting. I just don't what what how would you visualize that? Like what what sort of game? Well, I mean, you know, just I you know, I'd say, you know, bringing more of that interactivity, you know, into an Elder Scrolls game, right? Mm-hmm. Like having, you know, more mobility and um, more fun ways to interact with the environment and, and that sort of thing. I mean, which maybe they they'll do. Who knows? But to, but it's like yeah. it feels like two very distinct, different paths, right? Whereas like with Elder Scrolls, it's all about the character interactions and where people go and how your decisions affect you know, the AI in a sense, whereas with, you know, Breath of the Wild, it's like more about this fun physics sandbox and it yeah. like put those two things together and you could really have some, some fun times. You know what you made me think of that I desperately want? So Fallout Shelter um, is a game that is, is this great idea where you are managing a vault and building it out and, and you know, dealing with all of the people that live inside the vault, the vault dwellers. But I loved my time be, with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that's that's kind of the 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 catch twenty two with Fallout Shelter is it's like because it's this very limited mobile game, you it just gets boring pretty fast. Yeah, in like a day. I but like, I Bye. I want that idea of like either managing a vault or just simply being like a day in and day out vault dweller in a more like sim aspect where it's like I can walk around and and like actually like construct the vault in a 3d space and live out that life in a in a deeper more meaningful way than you could in a fallout shelter and like i would love that game uh so much like i think there's with universes that are so rich with something like an elder scrolls or fallout there's like tons of spinoffs mm-hmm. that you can do and so it's sad when it's like distilled down to like its most basic concept i don't know 
Uh, but this sizzle is brought out, brought to you by some wonderful shout outs to your patrons. If you want to find out more, go to patreon.com slash easy allies. It's a $250 tier. We shout you out on all of our various podcasts. Uh, this is a weird one. So since I'm done reading all these names, I usually have you assume a character. I want you to pretend because this is the Forza Horizon episode that you're giving a shout out as a race car. Nice. You can take that and run with it as much as you want, but cool. shout out as if you were a race car, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Shout out to L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout out. Shout out. Was that like a horn? Yeah. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Bloodworth, how much do you like the N64 games on your Switch? <laughs> Very split. The, the funny thing is, is most of the controversy is around the games that I, I haven't played uh, on my Switch yet. What are those games? It's, I, it's mostly of Ocarina is, of Time, okay. and then there's been some Sucks. talk about uh, you watch it. Mario 64. <laughs> it's the greatest game ever made, man. It's uh, fine. Which, Sorry, what was the other one? Uh, I think Mario 64 people oh, have had sucks. some issues with you, uh, with as well. Uh, so yeah, I've I've put the most time into like Star Fox and Mario Kart. You were playing some Windback multiplayer this last week. Played some Windback multiplayer during the Extra Life stream, which I've never played that game before. So I haven't just, played it either. Just figuring out like what is happening? How does this work? Um, and then um, Senate Punishment. I played mm-hmm. through. Uh, once I got the controller, I played through that whole game mm-hmm. for the nice. first time. Cool. That is a wacky, crazy game. I think I played it way back in the Wii Virtual Console. Days. Yeah, I played I some, some I of it with really the Wii Virtual Console, but there's a lot of games like that to where like I dabbled. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I'm really excited. I'm gonna download this, and then, like I played like the first couple of levels, and then so what is just what never is, finished it? What is the? I know what this is, but I don't know what this is. Is that a punishment? Like I've heard of it, but I don't know what what game it is. An RPG it is or is it like a five thousand percent anime? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the closest it, do those numbers check out? Yeah, okay. yeah. The the closest comparison I would make is actually be to Star Fox. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's a rail shooter. So yeah, that's a good comparison. Cool. You don't have like the branching paths and such. As far as but you're I know. going forward, like Star Fox, not right, like R type or Gradius. Or... Right, right. Okay. You're going forward. Yeah. You can dodge and roll to the right and left. You can actually jump over uh, obstacles. Okay, and, so this is yeah. Um, and then you shoot most of the things on the screen. There's like a, there's two different uh, kind of, there's like a free shot and then there's like a lock on so that cool. that way you can focus on dodging while you're shooting. Uh, and then cool. when enemies shoot certain things that you like missiles, then you have a sword on the back side of uh, Hell the yeah. handle and you just <laughs> whack them back at the enemy, uh, which is pretty cool. And I the- own this game already. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, cutscenes and dialogue. Uh, it's interesting because even though it was only released in Japan originally, like all the dialogue is voiced in English. Um, wow! And uh, sixty four. Wow. Yeah, and there's not yeah there's not a second where you're just reading something. It's all voiced. Maybe that's why I've heard so much of this game is like that's like so crazy rare mm-hmm. for that console that you would get something like this. Maybe that's why Star Fox had a lot of just always come voice work. Yeah. Before uh, this game came out on on Wii Virtual Console in North America, it was definitely one of those. There were certain games that I think really built up a reputation in terms of like, oh yeah. man, there was this great 
game that we never got over here, and they kind of built up this this sort of legendary status. Uh, and I would definitely say Sin and Punishment was yeah, one of those. Yeah, it was very much like that. Yeah, that coveted game. Mm-hmm. And N64 importing was just not that common, so not mm-hmm. a lot of people you know, had access to it. Have you played Star Successor? I haven't. I think I might have a Japanese copy, but okay. no longer an access to a Japanese Wii. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how hard it is to get a hold of. I would yeah. imagine it's pretty hard to get a hold of, but I, I have yeah. a copy of it, and I should let you borrow it. But this is definitely a game where, like I said, I didn't play it all the way through until I got that wireless N64 controller because I think it really, really fits the controller in a way that it does not fit very well with anything else. And so even bef- you know when the first the service first went live, trying to control it and, oh. and play it with the pro controller was super weird mm. because the button mapping on the c- pro controller for N64 games is super weird and you can't remap it for whatever Why would reason. you want to do that, right? Non-controller remapping is one of those things that is just unforgivable. It's not a serious offense. No one should go to jail for it, but it's like it never makes sense to me. I'm always like, supposedly you you can go into the system menu and remap all the buttons on the control, but I don't. That that feels like a pain in the butt to me, right? It sure is. Yeah. yeah, Well, you know, it's interesting. This is the first time Nintendo has ever brought classic games (laughs) to a contemporary console, so I do have to. I knew it. I do have to cut them some slack. I knew it was coming. I actually think blood that that. One, that's just completely ridiculous that that isn't an easy, immediate option. And the other feeling that I had when I booted up, you know, just the N64 menu on the Switch, I was like, huh, like this this just doesn't feel like very many games. Like it just feels like with the rollout of this, there should just be like there. Like, how do you not have Smash 64 in your launch rollout for this? Uh, That would be an excellent time for that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the other thing, and this has been true of the whole, all of the online stuff. The thing that still blows my mind is that there's no sort of manual. There's oh, no really? way for me to learn Wait. how this game works. Which for that, that's like for that's a generation where you need a you yeah, need you need a manual. Yeah, because yeah. because you know when I would see the the button well, mapping the screen, stuff, yeah. I wasn't looking for a button mapping screen. I was looking for like what is I was playing like. Uh, Contra on the Genesis, or like, like what is what button does what, mm-hmm. and it's just like ABC. I'm like, that's not what I mean. I, what, what button does what? <laughs> yeah. Like, just have to keep pushing the buttons until I figure it out. Yeah, uh, but at least I had the rewind to <laughs> sort of like, okay, I'm dead. What button now? What button does that? <laughs> so that's very strange to me that they don't have that. Uh, so that's the overall criticism. But yeah, I, I. I think with some of these games, without a side-by-side comparison, mm-hmm. it is hard to tell, like, is this better or worse? Because, well, for one, you know, like, it's rendering things at 720 for the N64 lineup. Yeah. Uh, and so they already kind of, you know, they look weird compared to natively running at 240 on an SDTV. Mm-hmm. Um, and so upscaling that in like, especially like when you get like the 2D sprites with all their blocky pixel outlines you can't help but think, well, that's not going to look like it was supposed to look. Um, but then, yeah, you see some of the side-by-side comparisons of Zelda and the, the fog differences and the alpha not blending correctly and reflections not appearing correctly and, and things like that. And, and and like I said, I haven't gone and done a side-by-side myself, but it just it feels like, okay, yes, if you haven't, if you don't have an N64 handy, 
and you haven't played it in a while or you've never played it, then maybe you won't notice that right. these things are issues. But I think that regardless, you know, there is a sense of atmosphere and vibe that is going to be lost sure. there um, no matter what. And so, yeah, if, you know, if you're like me and you can pop out the N64, you can play that instead. And it's like, okay, well, no big deal other than, you know, it doesn't look as good as I would like it to. But I think that, I think that the expectation is that, hey, Nintendo, you made this system. Right. And you're charging this much money right. for this service. Absolutely. It should question. run perfectly. Yes. Even if it's very, very hard to do, yes. you're charging this price. And I have to pay this price even if I just want to play one game. Yep. So why is it, you know, and, and Ocarina of Time is that one game for so many people. And right. so they don't care if Yoshi's Story runs perfectly because <laughs> they don't want to play Yoshi's Story. Mm-hmm. It, uh, I just booted up uh, Mario 64 and was driving around Warrior Stadium, and that definitely hit uh, a nostalgic vibe for me, which was appreciated. But the biggest feature with bringing these N64 games uh, to this console, we mentioned Smash, but... This is something you can do in, in Mario Kart 64 right now that I haven't done is being able to play this classic game online. Yeah. And you've done that. Yeah. How how has that been in terms of interface and connection and nuts and bolts? It's an interesting interface because it almost feels like doing like a like a like a what is it? We've we've done it so much with like Ubisoft and stuff. We're like like we're looking like a virtual desktop um, parsec. It okay. feels like looking at a Parsec session. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because there's a host, and you're you're all looking at the N64 menu, and you know, and the host goes and selects the game, and uh-huh. you know, and then once you get to like a character select screen or something, it's like, oh, okay, now I can pick my character. So it's like, it's like beaming to you, essentially a local multiplayer session. Um, and I was wired. I think Ben Hansen was wired. I think maybe somebody else was wireless. But it seemed, it seemed to run just fine for us like it, okay. it felt just as good as playing in person you know it, so it was, it was pretty it was pretty cool that way it's funny that you mentioned the Astro Life thing because I was on the Smash segment and before I was on the segment I was like oh I'm gonna pop into training mode and I was like oh man Smash is so much fun as soon as we hit online I'm like I can feel it like I, I, oh, I yeah. feel <laughs> like the connection was actually pretty good but you just feel this delay like you, it's it's especially when you just go from offline to online. It's like there, things aren't quite as snappy. Like it's you can get used to it and it kind of fades away, but that transition from one to the other is definitely noticeable. Uh, was that present at all? Like, was there any sort of delay? It's not something that I noticed. Okay, to be honest with sure. with those games, um, but it's I've I've been weirdly adaptable to that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. it's you know like i you know i see the people that will do the timers and and measure the you know the frame inputs and all that kind of thing but a lot of the time for me i don't notice it that much and until like you're saying until like it goes away and something that's very easy to demonstrate uh and so i think one of the one time that in recent memory uh that i noticed a difference was i um I got the the retro tink so that I could um, put older games um, onto an HD signal and capture and all of that kind of thing and like you know like we we're saying like playing an N64 game 
and uh, I just popped in uh, Mother 3, which I have left <laughs> waiting to be completed. And that has a timing mechanic with mm-hmm. when you attack. Yeah. So you're like hitting the button on the beat of the songs to get more attacks in. And when I was streaming that before, I would I would get it pretty well, but it would still be pretty would still be tricky to to get like a really long extended combo. And then after I got the retro team, it was like, oh, I'm just getting 16 hit combos all the time now. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so it's it's one of those things to where maybe if I go from the online back to playing like a local multiplayer session, maybe I'll I'll see the difference there. Sure. Or going back to an X64, I'll see the difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I tend to adapt fairly well to it. And uh, with Star Fox in particular, that was crazy because I don't think I've played that multiplayer with anyone since like 99. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Yeah. And, and then just remembering like, oh, yeah, they... You know, they put the the items out on the map, and you got to fly over there and get them. And then you know, you can look at the mini map to see where people are are. And they're like, oh yeah, you kind of like do the zip around the world thing when you get to the edge. You go back to the bottom, and right. so just relearning like just how that multiplayer mode even worked. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Yeah, I I do think that that is a really huge value proposition because it's like, okay, all the people that I used to play in sixty four with, like that's. That would never happen again, but yeah. now, you know, it probably still won't happen. But I the potential think, is there. We I don't think on. it has any kind of random matching. I think you have to play you with have to friends. Play with friends. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. That's disappointing. That I could definitely, if it did have random matchmaking, I actually didn't know that because uh, my hope was to just jump into like Mario Kart 64 and, and yeah. do that. But mm, bummer. That especially might be fun to challenge people. Yeah. Get on a leaderboard, maybe. So, yeah, mixed results. I still want Nintendo to fix it, you know, yeah. get, get these things up to snuff, you know, and, and put the best, you know, I want them to have the best N64 emulator out there. I There's don't want no it, reason I don't not, want that. Yeah. I don't want that Banjo-Kazooie to come out and be like, well, we've already got the better version of right. this. You right. know, so. Um, so the next game that I'm going to talk about, um, I have not... I've purposefully not brought to Frame Trap uh, because it was like I want to get, I want to get farther, I want to get farther, I want to get farther, um, and now I am very, 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 very close to catching up with the entirety of this story in Final Fantasy XIV. I just finished mm. patch five point three, uh, and I've just I've just got a small handful of of patches to go through, and then I'll be entirely caught up. This is a goal I've had for literally years, and so I'm very excited that I'm almost caught up, but I want to kind of take you on this journey really quick because I am going to freak out. <laughs> and um, I'm, I, w- I trust me, tr- I, I get it. I will not, I will not spoil a damn thing. I, I will not get in any specific spoiler stuff, but I do want to talk about my experience with Final Fantasy 14 and why I'm so giddy to talk about it. So Final Fantasy 14 Realm Reborn, um, Played the beta, played it at launch, liked the game, but I wasn't like over the moon about it. I would say it wasn't like something where I was. I I, I wasn't ever obsessed with it. I enjoyed it, and then Heaven's Word came out, and I reviewed that, and I had to get caught up in in all of Realm Reborn, and then I played all. There was a lot of fourteen at once, um, and Heaven's Word was great. It was great. It really improved the story. Uh, 
tremendously. Uh, it was a huge step up from Roman Reborn. Had a good time. Years long gap between Heaven's Ward and my Final Fantasy XIV journey. And I, I would pick away at it here and there, and it would be one of those games where I'm like, I'm going to catch up, I'm going to catch up, and it just didn't happen. And then I played Stormblood, and by the time I played Stormblood, Shadowbringers was already out, and people were losing their minds. They would, and Final Fantasy, there's like, a, like I love many, many, many games. I mean this from the bottom of my soul. Final Fantasy is one of the most important video game properties in the world to me. It, I wouldn't be doing this job were it not for Final Fantasy. And so when people got out there and they were like, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers has the best Final Fantasy story, at least in the last decade, if not ever, I was like, you shut the hell up. <laughs> You're competing with very strong memories, right? And, well, I, you know, and I'm, I'm embellishing, certainly, but it, was, it certainly was created uh, uh, some skepticism. And I, I played Stormblood, and I was like, why don't people talk about Stormblood more? This, this is great. I love these characters. I love this story that we're going on, this rebellion, how personal things got. Like, I was, I was sucked in. And I was like, this is really, really good. I don't think Stormblood gets enough credit for, for how many good things that it does. And, and at this point, Stormblood really turned me from being somebody that enjoyed Final Fantasy XIV to really obsessing over the lore and being like, I don't want to miss any dialogue. I want to make sure, like, I want to go back. I want to make sure that, okay, that's this person. And, like, having questions about how everything connected. And I, I got a lot more invested. And I started Shadowbringers, and everybody was right. It was very, very good. But I was waiting for that moment to hit where it, it kind of – met this staggering expectation that everybody had brought it up to. And I am not kidding. I was playing 5.3 very late last night, finishing doing the final cutscene. I did the trial and then did the remaining quest of 5.3. And I did not actually cry. Tears didn't actually <laughs> come down my face. But I was teary-eyed. Like, I felt the tears welling up inside me. And I was like, I... I'm so blown away at how emotionally invested into this that I am. And it, not to just give all the credit to 5.3, I think, I think everything in Shadowbringers has all culminated into something amazing. But like, I'm like, I haven't felt this emotional about Final Fantasy characters legitimately since Final Fantasy IX. Like, I have not felt this in love with. Th this world and I think what's so cool about it is I feel like yes I'm emotionally invested yes other games have made me emotional yes other games have 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 brought out the same passion in terms of storytelling with me but I've never had a game get me this emotional and I feel like I have such a well rounded understanding of the world and the characters because it's an MMO because you have to go through hundreds of hours of content um that is daunting, but the reward is we're like, oh, I feel like I know every step that this character has taken. I know how they got from here to here. I know who they're aligned with, why they made these decisions. When they speak about a location, I was at that location. I practically lived in that location for a short period of time. I got to know the people there. And so you just have this, like, connection that is so much deeper than a single player game can give you and that 
that it's every basically this is a long-winded way of saying (laughs) that everything everybody said was absolutely correct and i see this community and i see how passionate they are and i see just how like fervently devoted to this game that they are and they are absolutely right like i i get it like Trust me, it felt that way. Reason the reason why I put off getting caught up for ever is like I was just like I just don't have time for this. Or yeah, like right, yeah, yeah. I am oh, yeah. I am un no matter how good it is, I am unwilling to you know, play Final Fantasy 14 at the cost of all of these other games. And it's many other games that you can fill in the time that you do all of Final Fantasy 14. Now that I'm on the other side of that, I would pick up a desert eagle and shoot all those other games in the head like it's that good and i I, like i get it i get it to people listening that going through a realm reborn and heaven's ward and stormblood shadowbringers and all the patches in between it's it's a lot it's it's going to take up a ton of your life and i'm here to tell you it is absolutely worth it like i can't wait to play more like it's it I, I can't believe how good the game is. And, you know, I'm talking a lot about the story, and I do think that that is a, a gigantic part of it. I think it is right to focus on the, the story first. But I was doing the 5.3 trial last night, and it was just, like, so mechanically insane where it, it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, we'll pop out some AoEs and you got to run out of the way. It was like, no, okay, listen, you're going to get this pause button above you and if that happens don't move but sometimes you'll get a play button above you and run around and jump and don't stop moving and then there's there's going to be multiple Bahamuts and they're going to be going you have to avoid all of them and then there's going to be this beam of light that's going to etch out a pattern in the ground you got to not be in the path that it's etching and it's just it was so wild and like great like this game does not rest on its laurels and it's amazing that every single you know, step up from Rummerborn to Heaven's War to Stormblood to Shadowbringers that they just like, you were talking about um, the jump from Steep, Steep to, to Riders, Riders Republic. Yeah. It's like this is happening like with Final Fantasy XIV every expansion. Like they just keep upping their game. They just keep getting better at doing everything. And it's it's wild. You know, I like... You put so much time in this game, and it's like, I don't feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like, it's constantly going out of its way to surprise me uh, in, in some way. And so, yeah, I'm going to play five, start, I should say, 5.4 and I, and it's like, I want to do that as soon as possible. Um, like, you know, Brandon, you talked about <clears throat> playing 14 and, and really enjoying it. I think you played a paladin? I did two correct? different characters. Okay. I did a paladin initially, and then I did a, a bard later on. Nice. Okay. And so you, you just messed around with Realm of Born, right? Yeah, I never finished Realm of Born. Knowing you and like your affinity for <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy, like the, yeah. I would love to oh, especially you freak saying out. especially you yeah. saying like those places. Like even now, you know, when like they'll talk about something or I'll see something online and it's just like, Oh, it's like Costa del Sol and it's just like, mm-hmm. Oh that woof. <laughs> like I can hear that music. <laughs> you know, like you yeah, you experience and live in a world like that. You yeah. know, even just what what fourteen carried over from eleven, which is like kind of like the 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 Triforce, if you will, of like the three main starting cities, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like I know those are still there. I know there's so many places that are just like exactly the same as when I left. And so it's like, yeah, I'm still even after all these years, like still emotionally connected to that. Yeah, and I can still the kind of thing where it's like, 
if it got so much better than the stuff I was already enjoying so much that I didn't it, stop playing because it wasn't good. I just stopped playing because I, you know, other things happened in my life, other projects and games. Yeah, it's it's weird because I I, I wouldn't say a Realm Reborn is, is strictly bad. It's just in comparison right. to what comes after. Yeah. It's it's so like TV crazy. shows. You know, there's yeah. like a lot of TV shows I get that where I'm just like, I'm really enjoying the first season and people are like, yeah. just, just wait. Just yeah. wait. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, like Korra was like that. I'm like, season one, everyone forgot. It was really fun. They're like, dude, just wait till season three. Just yeah. wait. Like, and again, like you were saying, you're the Shadbreaker. Yeah. I was like, you were right. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, um, it's... It's so tempting. Because I like games as an interactive storytelling medium and so it's like a bummer to miss this. You know, it's right. like a bummer when, when it hits a high... You know, that's how I imagine some people with like Half-Life Alex, where they're just like, eh, I just mm-hmm. can't, I don't want to or can't do VR. And so like, I'll take your word for it, you know, that there's just yeah, some gate between me and that. Um, it, there's a rift at Easy Allies. Can you feel it, blood, between <laughs> us and the Brad and, and Damiani? Yeah. And Hu- Huber's catching up, right? Well, he, I don't think he currently is. Okay. He was, uh, he was back into it, but I think he, you know, it's a big commitment. It's, it's the yeah. commitment. It's the commitment, yeah. There's not many bigger. But, um... Yeah, I mean, 14 definitely, like, grapples with the kind of enormous legacy of Final Fantasy, and there's there's so many references and, and collectibles and, and, like, literal characters from past Final Fantasy games that show up, and that is super appealing mm-hmm. and fun, right? But, like, now, it's like that stuff is just, like, a bonus. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I, in a lesser game, like Rathalos being in your game, and I get to do this really cool fight with against him, it'd be like that would be the highlight. And like here, it's like, yes, all that stuff is there, all that stuff is awesome, but the the original world, the original characters, the original story is so 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 good that it even eclipses this stuff that you are going into with this like heavy nostalgia for. Like it just becomes this this treat in a way, and that's. That's so, so cool. And, like, yeah, I I think the other thing that gets talked about a lot amongst the Final Fantasy XIV community is because the game is so good, the community seems extremely healthy. And I'm not going to sit here and say I've never had a bad experience with a Final Fantasy group, but it is extremely rare like, I'll get into a dungeon where I'm going through the story, and I'll be like, hey, I've never done this dungeon before. And people will help you out. They won't get on your case if you die. They'll get in there, and they'll, uh, like, be like, okay, this mechanic is coming up. Make sure you do that. And so you're learning, and people are just supportive and positive. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> wait, an online community, a gaming online community can be like this? Like, it is bizarrely positive <laughs> and helpful. Um, and I, I would say the only negative, you know, doing so much of it at once uh, is in spite of how excellent, like truly excellent, I believe the story is it. There are definitely moments where I'm like, that was amazing. And I need to take a break. Cause it's like, you'll, you'll have these moments where it's like, okay, you're going to go through several cutscenes. make sure you set up some sufficient time. And it executes on it. Well, it earns this. I think it's good enough that it earns this, but there are definitely times where I'm like, all right, so like the last hour I've just been reading and watching people <laughs> talk to each other, like I'm ready to fight. Um, and again, it's not that I I don't cherish the story moments. I think they're they're wonderful, but it is a lot to go through uh, pretty consistently. And so that, that can definitely 
wear on you if you're doing it a lot at once, even though it's it's certainly worth it in the end. Got some good music in that game there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard any of the Shadowbringers music? Yeah, dude. It's I've heard so, it. All. It's incredible, it's man. It's so good. The, it's, the, yeah. Whenever, whenever one of these expansions comes out and we get into goatees for music, it's always yeah. like, uh, <laughs> this is a powerhouse. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of different places. The, the, the diversity and the, um, the, the value that you get, you know, experiencing that world and feeling the breadth of like all the different locations, like all of that's there in the, the score as well. You feel it, a world. You're like, I clearly just traveled. And and the, the the songs are certainly enjoyable on their own, but I think hearing them in the context really does make them transformative. And like this game knows when to ring that bell, dude. Like you will you'll go through <laughs> a dungeon and you'll get to the fight, and then suddenly the vocals kick in, and you're like, yeah. I'm just hitting numbers on the number pad, but I feel like I'm going to war. Like it's just they they. They accentuate the mood so much, and they make it so exciting. And even like in some of the story moments as well, they will have that music kick in at just the right moment, and you're like, "Oh my god!" The primal remixes like, and all. Yeah. That. Oh, it's it is incredible. Like, I like people who message me. They're like, you know, "There's a Kafka fight in that game." It's like, I I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> they're all most of my favorite memories from the entire franchise are yeah. in there. Plus all a lot of stuff I want to do that I haven't experienced yet. And, and like, fourteen has this this disgusting plethora of stuff to do, right? Like you, I did pretty much spend like just weeks in Gold Saucer alone, <laughs> just like grinding it out, trying to to earn cool stuff, playing the super fun and creative games, um, and like it's fun getting loot and and doing transmogs and trying to make your character do all this stuff. All all of that stuff is there and gets its hooks in you in its own way. But, like, those qualities are laying on this bedrock of, like, I care about this story. Like, like, not <laughs> people are going to be upset about this. But, like, I, for, so Destiny, for instance, <laughs> I have, I, over time, I've come to appreciate the Destiny lore, but I really had to, like, put in the effort to appreciate it, right? Like, <laughs> After watching YouTube videos and doing my own research, I'm like, oh, okay, like that's kind of cool. That's kind of interesting. It didn't always necessarily come across <laughs> in the game in the way that I wanted it to. But that stuff is there, and it's cool. With Final Fantasy XIV, I'm like, I would die for some of these characters. Like, you've done such a good job of endearing them to me that, like, it makes... It makes me want to go out and grind and level up all the jobs and do all of the, the content... Be, not just because those activities are fun on their own, but because I'm just so in love with this world. Yeah. And I think that that is such a, a captivating feeling. Because I feel like I play so many games where it's like, it's about the numbers, right? Like, it's about checking items off a list. And that stuff is fun. It's a, it's a great time. But it's nice if you're there's some emotion behind it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Brandon, speaking of emotion. Speaking of emotion. Talk to me about unpacking. This is definitely oh, a game to, you baby. have been uh, championing. Oh. Uh, the embargo for this was like two days after the last time I was on a frame trap. I don't know if I was on the last episode or the episode before that, but I was like, oh, I can almost talk about unpacking, but I can't, and I'm here. Easing you I've alive. reviewed this game. Um, I still have so much to say about this game. This game uh, is like, I, <laughs> I think I was like driving with Amanda, and I'm like, I've decided, Amanda, to call this game a gem. 
<laughs> very particularly using that word. Generally, it's kind of like a word like genius. Like there's sometimes there's words where I'm like, I don't know if I would use that to describe this. Or like beautiful me, is one of those. Words, to me, yeah. is yeah. To me, a gem is like something where you know you have like a big treasure chest, and you're just like, these are all great. And then whoa, what is this thing? And people might miss it. And especially if you're like if you played Life is Strange, if you played like stuff that's like very narratively driven, like you gotta you gotta at least check on packing out. Cause it's a great game. I think you can play for a short amount of time and still the investment's fine. Like if you don't really get in wanna get into a big like eight, nine, ten hour campaign, like right off the bat, depending on how meticulous you are, um, it's fine. You can come back to it and it's there and you can even go back and replay. Like the first level, you're just in this little girl's room. And like I played that like four times because mm. there was the demo mm. that first came out. And yeah. it's just fun to like, no, 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 no. You know, you can just do it. I mean, at the end of my review, I did a time lapse. It's just me, you know, like almost doing some of it. From uh, yeah, I've been seeing some fun time lapse retweets. But you you basically on, on you know, removing objects from boxes. Uh, you have a little option of which boxes to open, depending on, you know, obviously you have to open a, if one's on top of the other, you got to go through them. And you pick out an item and you can just kind of like remove everything. Like you'll have like a couch or the floor or bed. So if you want, you can just dump everything out and then figure out where it needs to go. And then that just gets more and more complex as you go through it. The kicker and what I was like, oh, I can see them kind of playing at this. And then like six, seven hours in, I was like, damn, like. Not only is this taking me to emotional moments I was not expecting, it's doing it in ways I've never seen video games do before. Mm. Um, kind of in a fun way, like, like you know, kind of like VR does sometimes, Ben, or like, you know, uh, Brothers. Remember Brothers? Mm-hmm. Did you play Brothers? I did. Brothers? Yeah. You know, Brothers, like, kind of, you were like, ooh. You know, it's so much so that I don't even want to come close to spoiling what it does. Yeah. But it's like there's, it, like, there's a thing that has nothing to do with a story or anything. It has to do with gameplay. Yeah. And it's like a developer. This is Ferris and team. And they know, like, I got that controller in your hand and I can mess with you. And they're like, I know you're just, what's this item? What's this item? And so it's like, I'm going to throw 20 things that don't mean anything. And then that 21st object, you're like, oh, okay. Well, if I have this, then that means that person, I get it. You know, and it's, that's so cool. Yeah, that's it's, super cool. And I'm so, I'm so much a voyeur. I'm terrible at airports because I've had so many travelers just look at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm sorry, but you're fascinating. Like, you're just, I just, I want to know where you, I want to know where you've been. My hope is I that you know tell them going. I'm yeah. sorry, but you're fascinating. I'm, you know, I'm behind their shoulder breathing on them and yeah. I understand, you know, if that's uncomfortable. But um, libraries and parks, I just love people watching. It's just human beings are so fascinating. It's part mm-hmm. of why I love games, part of like theater and why I wanted to be an actor initially before I got into like, you know, video production because it's, it's really fun to, you know, um, Amanda calls it the human experience. She loves that as an actor. She's like, I love to be other people because I kept come back to myself and yeah. I learned so much. And I got to be this woman. You know, I got to be like, oh yeah, like, like why do I have so many socks? It's like, oh, these are underwear. These are socks. Okay, you know, it's like as like a dude. You know, they're not that. You know, they're pretty pretty easy to discern. And just like, yeah, I tweeted this. But I'm like, where would I put my bras? You know, it's like. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I just have T-shirts, you know, where it's like these are blouses and these are shirts and these are button-ups and these are, you know. Um, And so it was interesting not only figuring that out, but then refiguring it out again and again when I moved into a new spot. Um, And I got really invested in her and the people she cared about. And I never learned any of their names or they never told me what city I was in. You know, it's like there's so much. Reminds me of Inside Out, which is my, uh, you know, second favorite, I think, Pixar film. It's definitely in the top three. Um, in a way that I'm like, I have so little in common with this little girl, and yet it's so universal in its themes Mm -hmm. that I'm, even on the second, third viewing, I'm still just wiping tears away. Mm -hmm. And there were some moments, there was like one in particular that I like hinted at with Blood when we were writing the review because I was trying to figure out like where I wanted to settle on a score where I like, (gasps) 
you like got a lump in my throat. Called Amanda in because Amanda loves it too. She's like halfway through the campaign, and I just pointed at the screen, and she's like, "What is the oh?" And she knew like I know what that means. Like that's beautiful. And I was yeah. like, Isn't that mm. great? Like, um, it's just, it's very special. It's really really cool, and um, and it's funny to see because uh, just I can talk about this later. But there's some stuff I didn't know what it was, and it's interesting culturally to see other people in social media and people are like the hell is this? And you're like, that's a GameCube. <laughs> They're like. It's a purple box. I know what that is. And you're like, what? Whereas, like, damn, <laughs> mine was magnets. You know, I got, like, what are these numbers? I'm like, I guess they're, like, cookie molds. Like, I, I don't know. I put them in the shelf. And then, like, fifth time I had a fridge, I just, like, oh, they, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I pulled out, like, yep, A, B, C, there's a heart. Yep. <laughs> like, I could have put these on the fridge the whole time. But I was, like, breaking my back trying to make room in the drawers. This game's kind of been uh, a whirlwind because you expressed interest in it very early on and you were like, I just like unpacking and organizing and, and doing all of that. And so like, yeah, I'm super into this game. And so for you to have that kind of be your entry point and then to walk away being like, no, I'm, I was crying at this game. <laughs> yeah. I definitely yeah. did not expect that. Um, yeah. And it was done, you know, it was just done by a, a team that's just very passionate about this. And mm. uh, you can tell, like, they're very invested in this world. And it's about art as well, you know, like, not to, like, hint at story stuff at all. But, like, you're playing a woman and she is a artist. And so it's neat to see her inspirations and how, as an artist, things can evolve. Is something I definitely appreciated with, you know, can evolve from play into work. You know, like, hey, yeah. we're all here playing video games. And so it's neat to see, like, as a kid, you know, she's like, these things are fun. And as an adult, it's like, not only did I turn them into my career, but I have these fun little mementos from my life, you know, and it's like, it's neat. There's some great, like, Star Trek The Next Generation episodes where Picard lives, like, a whole life, you know? And so it's like, after eight or nine hours, you're like, man, that was like 25 years or, or so, you know, like, give or take. And they don't tell you specifically. So it's, it's fun to Fill in the blanks and kind of tell your own story. Yeah, with the stuff they give you. Um, the music's really good. And it sounded like you played a demo of this before. They have a they had a free demo. They still have a free demo on Steam. I think it's the first three years, maybe the first two. Mm. Um, but really, just the first one is enough to know if you're yeah. like. I recommend mouse and keyboard. Like you, you know, it's yeah. like you just move the mouse around with the analog stick. Like if you play it with a controller. So I played on PC, and that was really nice to just and the. You know, for people just listening to this, they're like, I've never heard of this game or seen it. It has a pixel aesthetic that is just chef's kiss, man. It is so, because you're just staring at a room that is just, it has so many natural, you know, right angles and 45 degree angles. And so from a, from like a really minute pixel standpoint, everything just clicks I mean, like right on the shelf. It's so, yeah, yeah that's so the satisfying. thing I was telling him with the review, just like mechanically like how they managed to make all this work it's just like okay like towels you can stack or you can hang yeah. them or you know, shirts you can hang on a hanger or you can stack them up like jeans I was like I never have enough hangers so I'll just stack all my jeans yeah. which is not what I would do just, just again, that I'm not playing fact just made. to take an object that yeah. can either fold or hang That's like, and dude some of the DVD no small like some of the you know GameCube games you pull it out and you're like okay I know what that you know like yeah. my favorite DVD was The Matrix I would pull it out and it's like the green where I could see Neo in the middle and you know just enough pixels you know mm -hmm. to pull off that image and so it's fun to just, I'll throw all my DVDs up there. And then before I officially say, like, all right, I'm done with 2007 or whatever, you just, like, look at the shelf and just, like, okay, move that one next to that. And, all right, done. When you told me this game was a kind of a, a emotional and gut-wrenching, I was so not expecting that. And it it did make me more interested in the game. But I wonder, like, do you think knowing that ahead of time hurts the experience at all? Like, do you think maybe you get more out of it if you just kind of 
Didn't know anything going in? Um, no, because it's not a traditional narrative. Mm. And so if I told you, like, I really liked that character, dun, 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 and you're like, okay. And so like you're yeah. playing a mystery game or something, and that character shows up, and you're like, well, I know this person. Like, yeah. there are no NPCs. There's no dialogue. There's nothing. So it's like you couldn't, just based on knowing there's a, there's a, a, a swing coming, like, I don't know where that could come from. That could mm-hmm. come, like, I was expecting, you know, like, you know, um, I won't say this does or doesn't happen, but it's like death to come into it because it's like you're moving into a new space. And so like right. that could be, you know, moving in with a parent that's ill or moving, you know, it's like, wow, there's so many different ways. A man and I were speculating, like, how long is this game and how many chapters do we weigh in? What would be an interesting ending to this game? You know? Right. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of that stuff is just interesting to explore. And stuff might not mean anything to you. Mm-hmm. She moves in, you know, with the gal who's like a designer. She has like a little costume thing in the living room. So just like, I've, I've, I've lived with, you know, musical theater people before. Like, I know this environment. And you go into the living room and like the D&D dice are out there. The dice tower is out. There's two character sheets. You're like, yeah. <laughs> or you might bounce right off that and be like, oh, this kitchen. You know, it's like, it, it's, it might, you know, um, it was interesting being like, all right, tampons go here. You know, there's just a lot of things culture-wise, too. Um, you know, you lived sometimes with people who have, like, you know, a specific regional, you know, culture or a religious culture, perhaps. And so you kind of you – you have to honor those things or, mm-hmm. you know, like pull out a cultural object and it's like uh, in front of the TV. Yeah, it wants to be there. Okay. You know, like <laughs> it looks beautiful. Uh, you know, I don't know what that is, but mm-hmm. that's kind of getting to know people, you know, yeah. especially in a living space. So, um that's super. Yeah, cool. it does a lot with very little, and it's just again for for anybody who's like, oh, I like organizing things, or oh, I like weird stories. Like, if either of those two things are true, f- super easy to recommend. Uh, you mentioned like speculating about the ending and 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 how long it could be. How long did it take you to get through it? I think it's like nine or ten. Okay, but uh, again, it's like I, I replayed portions of it. I sure. watched Amanda play a good three hours collectively. You know, she would just kind of like come by when I was finishing up, and I'd be like, "Ooh, do you want to do this fun level?" Cool. Or, um, and it was neat. Yeah, it was like a vague story and yet specific enough that we could be like driving, you know, Milo to the park. And I'd be like, oh, I did this thing last night and this happened. And she's like, neat. Like, good for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like the character you're playing as. I was like, yeah, you know, like this one year was tough for her, but then she bounced back and it's it's going well. Um, so it was, yeah. Um, and it was just neat uh, feeling, getting getting a view into this person's world. It's like, I'm so close and yet no one's here. You know, so it's an interesting, interesting occupation of a life. Yeah, that I hadn't done before in games. Yeah, it's really interesting having these two games be back to back because Final Fantasy XIV is a very traditional, like, okay, sit down, cutscene, dialogue boxes. Right. Whereas this is just a comp- very no dialogue direction. boxes was like yeah. wow, you know, yeah. there's there's not it's 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 object. It's like the you know uh, just. I'm playing through Resident Evil 4 VR for a second time and just love looking at stuff. And like Resident Evil is very much about that. You know, it's like we want you to, items can be scary, you know, and you want you to discover things in items and have it be a mystery. And so it's just like, what the hell? What is this? Oh, it's yeah. a bottle opener. You know, like that. it just, <laughs> that exists outside of the emotional story, which exists outside of all the cultural references. And sure. so it's just like a lot of, lot, of, lot of fun, whimsical things going on at the same time. Um, and one of the only things that you actually helped me kind of curb you were like, I understand that, but you should have an, an alternate because you're you're giving this a, a fairly high score on like why it still works. But sometimes it's moving, man. So like sometimes I would finish a level and be like, all right, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> those boxes go away. You're like, woof. That bathroom is a little tricky, especially yeah. the kitchens are like, <laughs> you know, like where I was like, I just leave my pots on the shelf. What? And the game's like, <laughs> put them away. I'm like, okay, you know. So like at the end, if you if something isn't where it should be, they kind of flashes red. 
And so I'm like, sometimes I, like a Frisbee in one apartment, I'm going room to room, like, where do you want it? I don't know. You know, like in my closet. Okay. You know, so, <laughs> that's why it didn't get up into the nines, but it's just like, you know, super nitpicky thing that mm-hmm. another player might adore or not mm-hmm. have an issue with. So yeah. cool. Check it out. If it sounds even remotely interesting. If you like pixels, just, just go buy it. I wonder if there's ever been a listener slash viewer of Frame Trap who, before watching and or listening to the episode, didn't own any of the games talked about and then, like, went out and bought all of them. You like should, the, well, you need to assist people in that, Ben. You need to have the Steam links in the description. In the description. <laughs> you need to have... We need to have... Enough in the description, we need to have, You know yeah. the Humble Bundle? We need <laughs> to have the Frame Trap getting, Bundle. Yeah. The Frame Trap Bundle. The where you just go, there's a button you hit at the end of the episode, it oh, just auto buys links. all the yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. Right. Man, what would be in the frame track? Plus bundle? some V Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play Fortnite. But Huber does. Huber's Huber's on. Just give him, the, give him to Huber. Yeah. Give, give him the codes. <laughs> every every copy of the frame trap humble bundle <laughs> you buy <laughs> gives V Bucks to Huber. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. But right now I'm gonna give you the Hotake. <laughs> Love the enthusiasm. Uh, Use the shocks and the chair to brace for that one. That was nice. Th- this is uh, this was like is inspired by Call of Duty Vanguard. Uh, it's it's definitely a topic I think that's been discussed, but Vanguard just really put a pin in it for me because looking around, and I, you know, it, Call of Duty is so wide and massive. I'm sure this isn't exclusively true, but the general consensus seems to be like either dislike for Call of Duty Vanguard or aggressive indifference like yeah it's just huh. it's just super uninspired and bland it's whatever it's another call of duty like it just everything about it seems to be a shrug of the shoulders and it's like man this game comes out every year mm-hmm. like and it's such a massive success that like does any of this matter? It's funny the words you used. You didn't say this franchise releases a game every year. You said this game comes out every year. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, a, it's a good way to phrase it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but it, it's just so... Even if they like, move to a totally different decade, you right. know, it's still like, okay. But like, you know there, expect. There, there are so many games, right? Like even highly anticipated, like, like b- hypothetically, right? Let's just say Breath of the Wild 2 is like abysmal. Or, or like, you know, like Cyberpunk comes out and it gets lambasted. And I, I feel like that has really had a, an effect on the perception of a CD Projekt Red product, right? Yeah. Whereas like Call of Duty, it's like, does it, I just had this moment where I was like, does anything anyone is saying matter at all, right? <laughs> like, does it matter if it comes out and it gets like sevens and eights or fives and six? Like, will the result be pretty much the same? I don't think we're there with Pokemon. I think we might be there with Call of Duty. I think we might the, the, with you, some franchises. What do you mean there? Uh, at the point where uh, not making the right decisions with the franchise, being like a little cocky, you know, mm. like kind of with what they need to do um, is starting to wear on the fan base mm. and starting to actually show up. There's so many factors, like, again, like, like cheating has a lot to do with it, the general attitude around Activision and Activision right. Blizzard. Right. Um, so it's, like, hard to, you know, say what one sentiment, you know, is. I'm sure their exit surveys are all over the place. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I've just been, I've wondered for a long time, uh, from a business perspective, like, what is it going to take specifically for this one franchise? Right. Because we, I've been through so many different review phases you know, different editors-in-chief at game trailers, different writers, you know, different people streaming Call of Duty and reviewing it, going to review events, talking to other people there. And it's just has all, you know, it, it 
it's not an interesting conversation to have around Call of Duty because it's just yeah. going to show up and just, you know, it and Madden are just going to push everything aside. Right. Everything just it gets to hold that position for the first half of the year, and then they just get knocked out. Yes. So that exact feeling, I reviewed Call of Duty Ghosts at Game Trailers. and this Lucky. Was, Lucky you. No. Well, <laughs> this is at the beginning <laughs> of my career, and the sentiment was exactly the same then as it is right now, where it's just like, yeah, it's just another Call of Duty. There's going to be another one less. There's nothing remarkable about this. It's not great. You know, just, again, aggressive indifference. And it's like, here we are all this time later. And it's just like, we're just having the same conversation again. Like, something has to you, give. You know what I think is worth mentioning? And I say this with tremendous apology to the people who are fans of this franchise because I don't know what the hell is going on. I got to read up on this. There's live events. Andrea Renee had a kid, and this is the first time she got out of her house like to put on a fancy outfit and go to something. But League of Legends is freaking out right now. Like yeah. League of Legends is doing some whole like arcane yeah. thing, oh, and there's a crossover with the Fortnite. Show. And there's I don't know what it, it's 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 just like League does, where it's just, it's like a multi tiered media event. Right. It's wild, and so it's hard to see like where the promotion ends and the that's the Game one that's linked up with like, Rihanna too, what's right? All yeah. The, yeah, what's all the stuff in between? <laughs> and uh, and even with even with Fortnite, it's kind of fun for it to be a blitzkrieg. It's fun to just be like, whoa, that's not even Fortnite a game has that gotten I'm... to a point where you could tell me that literally any well, crossover is out. You, yeah, it's, you could just be like, it's like this the, is yeah. in Fortnite. It's like the leaving. Onion in politics. Yeah. You're just like <laughs> they're out of a job. Right. They can't, you know, they can't keep up. Right. Um, and it's like, what what are we waiting on for COD? It's like for me as a fan, and I've been way into. I think Black Ops 1. Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2 might have been like the most I've ever got really, 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 really. They're and zombie good. modes. Yeah. Uh, the Jeff Goldblum, whatever game that was, man, I just, um, and there was one crazy, was Black Ops 2 the big future one? Would it have wall running in it? No, Advanced Warfare. Advanced might have been Advanced Warfare. Warfare. And then I, Infinite I think Warfare. that was like my arc where I was just like, man, I, I you know, didn't miss him. Um, but, uh, uh, Zombies is kind of has that freshness yeah. that I, I look for and is really exciting. But sure. Even that, yeah. man, even that, I just kind of yeah. is not enough for me to, well, to make time for it. So that's that's uh, another part of the conversation, I think, where like Call of Duty has been so big for so long, so consistently, where it's like, what are the plays that they have? Like in the last few entries, they've gone back to World War twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like they, we've done Future several times. We've done a bunch of contemporary warfare. It's like where... Where do you go? Like, can can this series go in genuinely exciting new directions? And I think the other thing is, you know, like, we brought up Madden, right? It's like, that is your only option when it comes to, like, professional football games that have the license. So, but with Call of Duty, it's like, it's coming out this year before Battlefield, before Halo. Halo is getting a lot of buzz, um, especially. I would love what, like to it, see Halo kick Call of Duty's ass. Like, is it right. possible? That so you know, much. the multiplayer is free to play. Yeah, I know. It's going to be on Game Pass. It's like, are, are, is this actually a moment where the tide turns? Only because, only because, like, think about it. If it's like, what's the music competition? Eurovision. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, what if the same person won three Eurovisions in a row? You know, you would just want the underdog, like, to win. And it's funny to think of Halo as the underdog. Like, that's the thing. It's like, I just want. It, I, it is, though, in a I weird want, way. Yeah. It's, it's the reason that, like, you know, when capitalism works, doesn't capitalism doesn't work all the time, but it's just, it's fun when you have more than one console, when you have more than one people who own a football license, like when you have competition. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I, I want, you know, Call of Duty. We were talking, I think, before the stream where I was like, I wonder if they're going to pull an Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft, for all of its many, many, many faults, is strangely very, you know, reactive 
when it comes to that kind of stuff where like if they have a franchise that doesn't do well, they're like, whoa, you know, like we're hold on, we gotta fix this. And I remember when they took off the brand, you know, the 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 time off for Assassin's Creed, I was like, wow, like Activision would never do that. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and it's a bummer because these teams, I've been to two Call of Duty review events, um, uh, both in San Francisco, I think, and like these teams are brilliant. Like these are yeah. really, really good devs, you know, that that, that pour their right. soul right. into this. When Call of Duty, I went to that preview event when it was just Call of Duty, when it came back, or Modern Warfare, when they brought Modern Warfare back. Whoa, like nobody that went up wasn't like, hi everybody. You know, it was clear like, whoa, they were so excited. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like the second preview whole crew that they had met, Yeah, you know? And so it's just like such a bummer that the, the, the stuff they get to do is not I, exciting. I think, I think that's what makes it so or really changing or, or really making other, other developers quake in their boots, not just because of numbers, you know, not just right. because the install base is so powerful. Um, so, uh, Black Ops Cold War played through the entire campaign recently, and uh, that was made by Raven, I once phenomenal developer. But it, the reason why I bring up Black Ops Cold War is what they did with the campaign was a genuinely interesting direction where it's like, okay, you have these optional missions, and you have these puzzles to solve, and you have this one mission where you can kind of decide how you want to tackle the approach. And it's like, all these ideas are really cool, and there's something here. But, like, it was just a seed of it. And it's like you just don't have probably the time to, like, really flesh this out and really make this wild and different and crazy because it has to come out this year, you know? And you can, like, you can play through that campaign, you can feel it, and you can feel the, like, cutting down of ideas in real time as you're going through it. And it's heartbreaking, and you're like, what... What if you could just take as much time as you needed to turn this into something actually special and memorable? Yeah. And, well, that's kind of what's funny about it because they could have all the time. That they, like, nobody's going to stop playing Call <laughs> right. of Duty. Yeah, sure. Right. You know, <laughs> if they don't come out in a year, you know, people will keep playing. You know, like, they, it's yeah. – and that's kind of one of the things that, like, you're kind of saying, like, the aggressive indifference. It's because – you know, like I think in the past couple of weeks, I've gotten a Call of Duty email like almost every day. <laughs> the top twenty MPDs have, a, have at something least happening. two Call of Duties yeah. in them every month, yeah. like, and, if not and, three. And know? so it's yeah. the the release date of a new game just feels like another just like check mark uh, right. of of Call of Duty happenings. You know, they're, right. they're always adding new content. They add new content to the previous game pretty much up to the release of the new one. And and I have had friends text me like, "Hey, you playing Call of Duty?" Yeah. I'm like, "No, sorry, I'm focused on Forza right now." Yeah. But it's you know, at the same time, I haven't I haven't even heard enough people talking about like, is the story good? Is the campaign good? I've got no idea. Well, I haven't heard yeah p- people people talking about the game itself in our circles, you know, in mm-hmm. like the industry circles. It feels like the people talking about Call of Duty are just the people that are always going to pick it up every year. And they're like, they're into Call of Duty. There's a new one. I'm grabbing it. Uh, I was uh, watching a Vanguard review, and they were talking about the campaign specifically. And they were like, okay, so there's all these different characters that you um, kind of uh, get to to know. And it's kind of this ensemble cast. And one of the characters is fantastic. And they're really emotional and and really cool. Everybody else is just kind of whatever. I wish it was just as good as this one mm. character. And it's so funny that you mentioned the campaign because it's like, that's kind of exactly how I feel about Black Ops Cold Wars. I'm like, there's something here 
but it's just not reaching that potential. And it sounds, you know, I, I have not played the campaign yet, so this is secondhand information, but it kind of just, again, is echoing that um, missed potential. And it's it's so weird because I, I do think there's this, like, base level of quality that Call of Duty does hit. I always have fun with Call of Duty. Yeah. I'm despite the aggressive indifference, I'm still interested in yeah, playing it's, Vanguard. It's, it's like pepperoni pizza. Man. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's like pepperoni pizza. But like, I think of um, playing Modern Warfare for the first time, and it's like that game changed an entire industry with what yeah. it did. It's like the, the how it blended. It's like now it's like you hear it, and it's like okay, whatever, man. But I mean, at the time, the way sure. that it blended. RPG mechanics and, and multiplayer and, and how it handled progression and all that stuff. It was like truly at the forefront of video games. And it's just, I sometimes like I see these glimmers and it's like, I bet in a different world, in a different structure, maybe under uh, a less oppressive yoke than Activision, like it could do that. Now it's like, I would trade five years away from call of duty to have like that one super special game but it's like would the market you know what i mean sure. where it's like this structure has been going on for so long and that's that's why i returned to that question is like does this matter it's like if they're making their money right does all of this like breathless opinion right. does it matter at all like is this just like it's such a machine that well it's they had a letter from Activision Blizzard, I think it was like two employees or something. I, th- I think it was around the time. It might have been the delay of Overwatch 2 and uh, Diablo 4. And at the bottom of the letterhead, Hogan and I joked about this online, where they had like the brands. Yeah. And so it was like Overwatch, Warcraft, Diablo, Candy Crush. You know, like, and Candy and Crush was Call of Duty. And it was just funny seeing those. And it was like, yo. Your company's in trouble, man. <laughs> it's like there's. I look at each of those logos, and it's like, oof, it's some, there, there's something to be a little nervous about. Mm-hmm. And they don't have like a lot of, you know, um, you know, so a company like Ubisoft's like a little more diversified. Like even at EA has these big weird pillars, but uh, you know, they're like a li- they've been a little smarter lately. Um, yeah. So- well, yeah, Activision just kind of dumped so many things, and like they've had plenty of great franchises and great ideas over the years. You know, and they've, you know, they used to have. Spider-Man, and they used to have, you know, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and they used to have yeah. um, Skylander. Where now it's King's a thing. <laughs> and Sierra. And it's now a thing where we're praising them for bringing them back. It's right. like, thank you for... That's what Blizzard is for me now. Yeah. Blizzard's just like, let's just please... Yeah, Crash what, is, is and Spyro it, was is it some anniversary? Yeah. Is there yeah. an anniversary coming up? Can we please just go back? Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the really depressing thing, if you really want to take this to Take... And take yes. it to the absolute deep, deep end. Yes. Uh, one of the reasons, potentially, why a Vanguard is not really going to you know, bring any tears to the executives at Activision is Call of Duty Mobile is way more important. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> in terms of like messing it up. You know? like, I don't right. think they think they can mess up a Call of Duty bad enough to have to take a year off or to not. Because it, it, wasn't, it wasn't us. It was just that one dev. They made a weird COD. But next year, we got this whole other team with a whole other idea. Right. Now. Yeah, the rotating. Whereas yeah. mobile, like, yeah. we can't. <laughs> can't that's where I think it it's gonna put turkey on my table this Thanksgiving I think it just depresses me so much because you know I spend so much of my life being like okay we're money. <laughs> like trying to understand where video games are now and it's like how could they be better and I think to myself like okay if if Call of Duty just stays the course right where it's just it it, it, it is such a familiar commodity to people it has this incredible 
name recognition. It's doing so well. But like in terms of quality, if it like stagnates or declines, like eventually it yeah. has to reach a point yeah. where that doesn't work anymore. But I felt like but then I go, I felt that way for like a decade. So it's like if 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 it if I felt that way you know, and I don't know the exact timing. I'm just saying for the sake of argument. If I felt that way all these years ago, and it's still this behemoth, yeah. like maybe that just isn't true, you know. And it's like it, it's it's so amazing. There, I think there are so few things in the world where it's like the level of quality maybe doesn't have this such a huge effect on 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 its success. Like I don't know. I want. I want Halo to whoop Call of Duty. I want that too. I and want it so bad because Final Fantasy XIV has already whooped World of Warcraft, and it has. And then at, at New Year's this year, I want Microsoft and Square Enix to just clink <laughs> champagne yeah. glasses, like, well done, you know. Or Battlefield again, you know. With, you know, I know Huber goes up and down on the new one, but uh, that would be a great win as well. Um, I would love to see. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see Activision be like, uh, we can't just yeah. Can't well, it we just want. feels like there's sort of. There's a floor that it will never get worse than. Right? Yes, they that's have what I mean. so much invested in it. <laughs> they're never going to get worse than this point, and so because they're never going to get worse than this point, then they're never going to have people just you know get completely tired of it and walk away because that point is still fun and, and addictive, and you know you, your friend's going to talk you into buy it. You're going to play it over the weekend. You might not play it after that ever again. Yeah, but they got it. They got your sixty bucks. And I, I was going to say, like, it's just the most disposable entertainment. You're absolutely right. But at the same time, I, I do think there is some value in that. You know, I, I, we, human beings are, are, are complicated enough creatures that, like, I want some just completely forgettable entertainment in my life. Like, Call of Duty does fit this comfortable place that I enjoy, but it's just like... <laughs> when, I, when I booted up Forza Horizon 5 and I went past through, like, all the credits and stuff like that and created my character, got the first car... And then I like came out of the cutscene. I was like, "Please tell me where to go." And then just yeah. the arrows. And I was like, "Thank you." Just, you know, like I don't. Sometimes <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just, just tell me where to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just, it's hard. Where I like Call of Duty enough that I want it to be better, and the overwhelming frustration of like maybe that doesn't matter so much. It it's it it's very weird. Like there's nothing else that I think follows the same rules because they just don't have the scale that Call of Duty does. And, like, you're totally right. Like, people that are so outside of our bubble that would never listen to Easy Allies, they're probably playing and enjoying Vanguard right now. Like, they're so removed from this kind of... They just don't care. It's wild. Uh, are we ready for some emails? Mm-hmm. Uh, our first email... Good batch of emails this episode. So thank you to everybody who wrote in. If you want to write in, askeasyallies at gmail.com. Uh, Ernie, it's funny Huber's not on this episode because Ernie's got a take. Oh. I like it. Come at me with the, the take. <laughs> uh, remember Resident Evil Village? Even though I finished it, the game twice, it Hell wasn't yeah. very, very memorable. Brutal. Uh, mm. Halloween made me think of horror games such as Resident Evil 2, Silent Hill 2, Evil Within, etc. And I begin thinking, when is Resident Evil 8 coming out? Wait, oh shit, I have it. Are there any games that you feel just came and went, like you forgot said game was a thing? The only games uh, that stand out that I can think of are both horror games, Resident Evil 8 and Evil Within 2, just really punching oh, wow. 
Huber. Uh, yeah. And both games have the same problem. The bosses talk too much. It makes the game not scary. Maybe it's just me. It's funny. Forgettable. It's just like, oof. That's one of the worst. <laughs> it's so harsh to say about a game you know somebody cares about. Yeah. I forgot it. Oh. It, um, it's weird because like I do like this game and I had a great time with it, but I mean, it feels like everyone's forgotten about Deathloop already. Oh, like, that was sure. a bummer. Yeah, that happened. That, it really that felt like it happened overnight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We forgot Fortnite launched. Remember, we gave, the, we gave it an award twice. <laughs> oh, right. We just forgot. I mean, it's its own damn fault. We forgot. We didn't know what was this game's launch. You know, yeah. like how did that? <laughs> how that even happen? Um, I'm trying to think of stuff I like knew about. But I mean, the problem is if I f- forgot it, then I probably forgot it. I have to look. I do. Ah. I have to look at the list. <laughs> I do think this email brings up an interesting point because, like. I think part of the thing that is going on is, A, there there just seem to be more game releases every year, right, and games right. are having big updates, which feel like releases, which makes everything more yeah. complicated. But also, like, there's oh. so much going on in the world right now that everything, time just feels distorted and fucked up. The, uh, I know, what, and it, the numbers back this up. What game got forgotten? That Aliens game. Yeah, Fireteam oh, oh. Elite. Well, yeah, just but just sank yeah, yeah, to yeah. nothing. Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty confident if you go back and watch my my the things I've said about that game. Yeah. I was fully expecting to yeah. maybe about five hours total. <laughs> I think we were talking about reviewing it. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if I really want to um, just spend a lot of time doing it. But it's like, man, the, the time the time I played it, I had a great time, but it just met my expectations. So I was like, okay, I can tell. But it's weird though like, because that's exactly what we were saying about Call of Duty. It's like, but. Yeah, most people are like not expecting the world sure. of it. Meets yeah. my expectations. Gonna keep playing it every weekend. They love Call of Duty as much but as I love Aliens. So we're just right. like, Aliens yeah, not me. that. Yeah. Well, Aliens, is, this is so weird to say because Aliens does absolutely have a broad, massive appeal, but in comparison to Call of Duty, sure. it doesn't. Mm. To me, this happens a lot too because we, li- we you know, we, and I, I, I dig it. I'm glad that, especially for indie developers, that they can release something in early access or they can release, like, uh, an unfinished version of something or for all of the people that I know are very frustrated with, you know, the whole project. But, like, I've just talked to a lot of people that really love Star Citizen. So it's just, like, interesting to have these, like, right. you know, like, unconventional, you know, development things. So it's confusing to be like, did that la- did that launch? Right. Did that come out? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like. For, yeah, for sure. What's PUBG doing right now? You know, like there's some games I'm like rem- I remember, like oh right, like is just is Demolition Derby, Demolition Derby, right? Demolition Derby <laughs> is that still no. even just even Demolition All Stars, Destruction All Stars, Demolition Destruction All Stars. Even games that I really love, I like I've I've had moments where I'm like, did Monster Hunter Rise come out this year? Yeah. Okay, right. it did come out this year, and that is compounded by the fact that it's like oh we're talking about the pc version now so did it come out a while ago no like it just came out like Like every developer especially for something like a back for blood like you got to have that chart that has like (laughs) your launch and then the spike and then the drop and then the plateau and you're looking at that plateau you're like where is that number gonna hit and what's crazy is that plateau square enix seems to be totally cozy with with avengers that blows my mind that avengers is like that are like, they because oh, yeah. I feel like Square Enix has been just they're recently apologizing about it now. Right. Yeah. There's I mean I mean they yeah, they're just saying that it they weren't pleased with it, but uh there's there's happy with it, meaning, you know, they're internally just throwing parties, which they're not doing, but there's happy with it in terms of like 
I don't get that communi- I get that more communicated from people that are frustrated with it or mm-hmm. you know edit, you know people in the editorial space who are, like to make fun of it um whereas like you know it, it's still chugging along and there's still crazy right. updates and weird costumes and just like well we're still investing in it um the other one I saw scrolling through outriders oh dude I mean I yeah and it's like it had this weird wave right because that, it seemed like it was going to be nothing it for a bit, nobody yeah. was going to care huge Huge amount of support, very surprising. Came out of nowhere, just blew everybody away. Now, dead like dead and buried. Yeah. Who is who's talking about Outriders? So crazy. Yeah. That's why those Twitch bets are so much fun on the podcast. You know, it's yeah. just like who's gonna. It you definitely know, feels like it's, like it's like how long after launch? Three days. <sighs> two of those. <laughs> three days. Two of those were know. multiplayer, and so I feel like that's <laughs> definitely that's yeah. definitely like the days. multiplayer curse. It's like people will be really into you for a minute. And well, then like they're Fall just guys. Stop. Like, what is what it? Fall Guys what, is still doing yeah, some Fall stuff. Guys, but what's their plan? Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. what is it? What does it really look like at meetings at Fall Guys right now? Of them really like expecting? They have some really fun crossovers, but it's like, how much money I think do they Fall have? Fall Guys compared has the to... benefit of being a small enough game that they're probably like, well, we never expected this. Sure. You know? So yeah. it's like it's already exceeded their expectations. So yeah, by by and large, yeah. Um, our next email comes in from Michael, and it is a very good email, uh, but it's very long, so I might have to trim some of this down. Brian, we're talking about superheroes. No, it's oh, It's a boy. subject that you are passionate about. My pen stopped working. Very cool. <clears throat> Hello, Ben and Allies. Last week, uh, Marvel October 28th, Marvel put out a press release that Skydance Media and Marvel are developing a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game featuring a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe, which will be directed by Uncharted creator and director Amy Hennig. As somebody who is a massive Uncharted fan, I'm excited to see Amy Hennig bringing her magic to other AAA video games, but as somebody who has borderline no interest in Marvel movie and games, I feel pretty bummed out that such a talented video game director is making yet another Marvel IP. Personally, I find it rather disappointing and worrisome that the same generational multimedia franchises such as Batman, Spider-Man, Star Wars, and Avengers are... Uh, vigorously putting their stake in the ground within this AAA video game market. To me, it just feels like these corporations are adding another frontier on their massive portfolios rather than pushing the art form forward. I understand the panel is probably quite fond of the Marvel slash Disney portfolio, so I'd really like to hear your take on this issue, and I hope my perspective helps you understand where someone like me is coming from. So basically, you know, they're already extremely talented developers making Games on the super popular IP. <laughs> Could that be put to better use? I have a take. Yes. Think about actors. Robert Downey Jr. Good actor, right? Great actor. It's really frustrating seeing him just waste his career away with that role. You know what I mean? I wish they got like a bad actor to play Tony Stark. You know. I'm not sure I understand the take. Amy Hennig. Yeah. Good video game developer. Yeah. Wants to work with properties that she's going to kick some ass in. You know, like yeah. wants to come in and be like, hey. Let's make a Punisher game that doesn't suck. Hey, yeah. let's make a Shield game that kicks ass. Like, let's make a really cool, you know, Nick Fury game. You know, where you're there's like lots a ton of espionage, really huge AAA set piece action sequences like you have never seen before. You know, um, I think there's all sorts of reasons. Like you, I, I remember uh, Star Wars or Star Trek fans being pissed when Abrams made the jump. I remember one image that like stays with me forever, and it was seeing a little baby Kirk with the Enterprise, and he was like, oh, And, like, uh, Abrams was, like, walking away with Han Solo and the Falcon. He's like, all right, let's go. <laughs> and, like, they were like, well, we just, you just rebooted this thing. Um, and they just, they want to, 
they also love these properties that, that you love and you grew up with and they mm-hmm. want to do stuff with them that, you know, I just don't think Amy Hedda could very easily been like, no, click. And like a lot of people have before, like there are a lot of performers and writers and actors and stuff like that that are like, I don't want to. I don't think Dennis Villeneuve made Dune because he's like, oh, finally, you know, a book. Or, you know, so it's like, I am extremely passionate about this property. And so they just, they connected her with some, yeah. with something. I'm really curious to see Patty Jenkins did the Wonder Woman films and she's doing Rogue Squadron. Yeah. And she did a video that's like, my dad was a fighter pilot. And mm-hmm. growing up, I was like, one of these days, I'm going to get to make that movie where I'm really just going to get to tap into all this, all these rush of emotions that I felt when I was a kid, you know, experiencing all these people that did that for a living. And she like put the, you know, the X-Wing helmet on and got into an X-Wing. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, you know, I, you know, it could be a paycheck. I don't know. But like, I always think, I always try to think of that of like somebody like Chris Hemsworth is just having a field day in that Thor role. And it's like, he just, that looks like where they wants to be. So kudos. So I've been watching, uh, a ton, like a disgusting amount of Shark Tank on Hulu with my wife, <laughs> and uh, th- this moment happens all the time where uh, an entrepreneur will come in, and they'll be like, they'll give this really emotionally charged story, and they'll like tear up, they'll start crying, and then the investor, normally Mr. Wonderful, will be like, "Okay, how many sales do you have?" <laughs> like. They just don't care, and they'll, they'll they'll say point blank, like, yeah, whatever. I just need to know how I'm going to make money off of this. <laughs> and it's so funny because that's kind of just, yeah, that's just nakedly how it works. And I understand, like, from a, from a like, you know, I'm on the side of, of, of criticism, right? I, well, we just had this conversation about Call of Duty where it's like, ideally, I would love for everything in this like perfect utopian world to be funded purely on merit and the value of the idea and, and just like how creative can you be? I want to give you all the resources to do it. Unfortunately, that market does not exist, you know? And so I think it's pretty amazing that video games are as incredible as they are, but they still have to be filtered through this economic system. And it's like, if you're the publisher, right? And it's like, okay, this is a really great idea featuring a brand new world and brand new characters. Okay, I could give this giant check to that or I could give it to this Marvel game. They're going to give it to the Marvel game 10 out of 10 times. You know, it's, it's just going to happen uh, because it, it's a proven thing and risk is such a factor. And you hear it all the time, right? You hear it all the time in the, the space where it's like video game, the budgets of video games are getting so high that like they're just getting riskier and riskier, and so there's only so much potential in the AAA space to go after these risks, right? Like, I was freaking out about uh, the quality of, of Shadowbringers and how good it was and, and how like clearly the developers care and how awesome it is to see. If all of that work went into a brand new MMO, do I think it would be, that didn't have the Final Fantasy name attached to it, do I think it would be a, a fraction as popular? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, it, it, it wouldn't exist. It would not come out. I mean, it would not... Yeah, it would have It would have died probably a long time ago. It needed that name uh, in a way. And so, just... It sucks, but it's the truth. And you have Hennig, who just got burnt so bad yeah. by a property that by Disney owns. By another major property. Right. That Disney yeah. owns. Yeah. And here she is, you know, going right back to the plate. And it's like, whoa, that must be just having just knowing Hennig and having met her once. 
Um, it's funny. I met her at, okay. a star, at a Star Wars function, and dude, she will say something to me. I feel comfortable saying this because she's like moved on to a completely other project now. But she was with Todd Stashwick, who was working also in the Star Wars game that never happened. And I remember there was a Battlefront Two billboard across the street, and we were just about to go into a Star Wars thing. And so I went up and I was like, "Hey, I just want to say I'm a big fan of Game Trailers, Easy Allies, and um, really excited for that. You know, that game. I can't wait to decide more." And she went, "Well," and she looked up at the billboard and said, "It's their year," and then walked in. And I was like, "Yeah, but I'm excited to see your thing." And I'm like, "I wonder. I wonder at the moment like <laughs> what she was dealing with in terms of like I don't know if I'm going to see the end of this project because right. it's kind of frustrating." And so uh, her potentially getting to like put a unique spin on that and. Um, I just think about the Arkham franchise, how much that changed everything. I think about like how much anyone making a superhero open right. world game has got to be looking at Spider-Man and how much power they have going into the right. sequel. And it's like very good things I think are happening across the board uh, because video comics and video games are partying right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've definitely share people's kind of wish for new IP across the board, right? Just especially you know in the film blockbusters and stuff. It's sure. like. We're returning to Gremlins. We're returning to Ghostbusters. We're returning right. to Ninja Turtles. We're, you know, just yeah. Transformers, just all this stuff. Just pull it, like, where's the new stuff that's as cool as that, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, when you talk about, you know, these, these Marvel characters and video games, it's like, it sort of feels like there's a, a wave of a lot of them, but they're, they're kind of not, <laughs> you know? Like, when you look back, at all of the the Marvel and DC games that have been made over the years, and just the sheer dump truck of terrible games that have been made with these licenses. The Super Nintendo yeah. was whoa. <laughs> Even just Marvel on the Super Nintendo. Even was, during the MCU, man, so the Iron on. Man games were yeah, just yeah, yeah. so <laughs> abysmal. The yeah. Thor game was like there was some okay. There was a Thor game. Oh yeah, there were Thor games. Um, yeah, got to get that cap game. Got to like dust off my 360 and play that cap game. I hate hearing, hearing good things. So it's like, yeah, you you still have very very few of these franchises that have actually been done in video games in a quality way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that and yeah, like you know, if you pick the right character with the right abilities, like you could come up with a concept that's. Very different than a lot of what we're seeing yeah. right now. So, and a lot of people know yeah. about a lot of characters they never know about before, and so it's neat to dig into Guardians or dig into another group, and you're like, oh wait, I'm actually coming from a place. Right. I'm kind of caught up here, and so it's like, did you know about this villain? Like, I didn't. Neat. You know. And then if like Volume Three Guardians like does some of the villains that are in the game, and you're like, oh hey, I got you know purchase here. Like, um, it could work out. I am yeah. yeah. Apolo- like what the crap is Midnight Suns? Apo- yeah, like the, I understand it from a gameplay standpoint, but Suns. like the lore behind all of this is just like whoa. Apologies, who, who wrote this email? Because if the Henny game is a nightmare, you were right. But <laughs> I just I'm, I'm always going to be optimistic about this because I I just grew up as a kid constantly thinking about what the best Superman game was, what the best Batman game would be, what what that looked like, what the possibilities yeah. were. Um, always keeping out hope. Our last email. Uh, comes in from Father Cashew, which is just a fun name, so mm-hmm. shout out. Uh, again, this is another long one, so I'm going to have to trim it down a little bit. Uh, but this is about getting lost in games. Uh, I just finished Metroid Dread, and the game brought into focus maybe the single most compelling thing in game design for me personally, getting lost. The point of this comment is not to critique Dread. I loved it, but one of my few criticisms of the game is that it doesn't make me feel lost like other Metroid games do. Hmm. I'm realizing it's one of my favorite aspects of games and one that is 
completely unique to games as a medium. It's why Metroidvanias are my favorite genre and why Metroid itself is my favorite franchise. Myst, Dark Souls, Outer Wilds, basically all my favorite games have this through line of feeling completely lost and alone in the world. Maybe it has something to do with me getting lost in the woods behind my house as a kid and trying to find my way back home. I don't know. Uh, so my question to you all is, with more and more games doing everything they can to direct the player and ensure they don't get lost, what games past or present take the higher road, uh, in my opinion, actually build getting lost into their design? What games facilitate this feeling of loneliness and mystery? Secondly, what game mechanics lend uh, to this feeling of being lost? Surely it's not just a lack of waypoints or a map. Valheim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Death having consequences, you know, dying and then winding up, but where the hell am I, you know? Bloodborne dying and then wake up in a prison like what? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Max Payne having a nightmare and all of a sudden you're like, what? What? What am I looking at right now? Where do I go? Like, I miss that stuff. Um, Alan Wake. I think I think Outer Worlds is such a perfect example for what this person is talking Wilds. about. Mm. Sorry, Outer Wilds. Yes, I meant Outer Wilds. Hard to get lost in Outer Worlds. <laughs> yeah. I meant Outer Wilds. Yeah. Um, because like the interesting thing about this question is not just... It's it's invoking the feeling of being lost, but the, the, the second part of it is motivating you enough as a player to want to find the way forward, right? And so I think you the way that you design a game has to uh, put that in front of you in a compelling way, and Outer Wilds gives you this mystery. It gives you these clues. It gives you these things in the distance that you want to go out and chase after, and I think that that is... Um, so important. And like, it's funny that you bring up Metroid Dread because it definitely is guiding you. But I personally, I felt that as I was going through it, it was like, yes, it's guiding me, but it's not beating me over the head with it. Like, I still feel like I'm figuring things out. I'm yeah. exploring. I'm finding. Um, and so it, it, it's all a matter of, of presentation and how you put things in, in front of the player where it's like, if I really sit down and think about it, it's like, oh, like, you taught me that. But I feel like I figured it out. It's almost like this act of deception. Uh, Which is yeah. most of games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, narratively, you know, yeah. like, I appreciate that. Um, I, but I know ahead. you like to get lost. I've got so many Bloodworth reviews where I've seen you <laughs> relishing and <in> getting lost. <laughs> what was that game where your brother gets kidnapped and you got to go into the woods to get him? You live oh, in, like, Roki? a shack. Roki, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very you just cool see blood going to the end of a hallway and being like, okay, and turning around like, yeah, you love that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I couldn't come up with any other examples other than the ones that were being stated, you know, and then I feel like most Metroidvania games kind of, kind of epitomize that, right? The uh, Axiom yeah. Verge 2, you know, is, is very much along those lines of you kind of go where you want to, you know, and we'll... And and there was a point where I was like, okay, I'm actually stuck now. What words crap am I supposed to be? <laughs> um, but, you... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, but I, I think it's interesting with Metroid how there are like all these different gradations of how mm-hmm. people have felt about that. Where some people are like, yeah, I, you know, I just went through the game and A to B, you know, just tell me where to go. And like right. other people are like, I, I was completely stuck the whole time. I didn't know where I was supposed to do. I was so confused. And it's just like, wow, these both exist. Yeah. You know? And to me, I felt like I I just 
got it, right? Like the combination of the map and the little details in the world. And, and it's like, yeah, I would go back and go backtracking. And, oh, now I'm somewhere totally unexpected. I feel like I stumbled into something. Uh, but, no, this is actually where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think one of the absolute best examples for this question of, of getting lost is Minecraft. Where it's like, mm. yeah, you just oh, crap, yeah. spawn in a, a newly random generated world. You have no directive. You just can do whatever you want. And it's like the simple act of digging can lead to so many various outcomes, you know. And, and like you, you truly yeah. do get lost where like you might build something and then walk away from it and then be like, wait, where was that thing again? So, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a very powerful feeling as well. It's funny because like getting lost can mean... So many different things, like yeah. losing track of time, losing sense of direction, right. getting lost in the lore. Like it, it's such going a going into an open world. Like yeah. the moment where I just drove in Forza, <laughs> you know, where I was like, yeah. I'm not even following right. arrows. I don't care. Yeah. Or started yeah, yeah. to recognize, like, because those arrows are easy to follow. And then I was like, oh wait, I'm driving over cacti. Forget this. You know, it's just like I'm just gonna literally follow the mark over there and just go over hills. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like prohibiting getting lost, which is why I brought up Valheim, where like I you know go into mines in Minecraft and just leave candles you know on the walls like to mark your your position. Yeah. And losing that, being like, oh no, <laughs> no, right. no idea how to get out of here. I keep going in circles. Well, and then you know they were talking about souls and and Bloodborne and just that sense of being completely lost and then suddenly realizing where you are, mm-hmm. like. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, just opening that gate. Like, I'm back. Yeah. I, it's such a cliche answer, but I think that's why, like, getting lost in a game, Dark Souls 1 will always be the thing that my mind immediately goes to because, again, of how it's presented. Like, it's like, wait, like, I went in that painting and I'm stuck here. Like, I'm completely disconnected <laughs> from the rest of the world that I explored. And there's all these weird creatures. Like, how do I get there? You mean, like, oh, I can just, like, lay in this nest and this giant <laughs> bird will pick me up and take me to another place? It, it's, it's just, like, such an incredible, like, Alice in Wonderland vibe that like it, it, I feel like it, it it accomplishes the phrase like getting lost in so many different yeah. contexts. Even the chalice dungeons you know have this kind of sense of like mm-hmm. these, these layers of madness. Yeah, you know? like, yeah definitely. That's kinda, totally You do true. get caught up in the yeah. you know the intentional uh, or just old I remember orcs and elves on the DS. My God, both wow. Amanda and I went heavy into that game. Yeah, and that was just very classic, old school, block by block by block dungeon crawling. I can't crawling. think of this game. I think it did it. I think it was. I think Carmack got I'm way into it. With the yeah, name, yeah, yeah. But I don't have any. It was like one of those weird it. little passion projects of Carmack that he made in like a hotel room I in need five this months. Game. Orcs and elves. I think. Amanda and I quote orcs and elves all the time because if you went into the darkness, the main character would go dark. And whenever something's dark, we, Amanda and I always say that uh, in that voice because it's just, you know, it's like very, uh, it's a very not graphically intensive game. Everything's 2D. You know, you're going down the hallways and left, right. You know, everything's like blocked out like Tetris. Um, but um, so the, when you, you know, it's easy to like do a 360 but think you did a 180. <laughs> you're just like, wait, was this the hallway I went down? Um, but uh, just like Metroidvania, so gratifying to bring up the little block menu and be yeah. like, oh, two more spaces, and then, oh, there's a monster. Like, it's great. Works um, and L's in the deep. Boys, that, that can't be. you got to get physical of that. There's not <laughs> in a store somewhere. I, I need it. I need to look up this game. <laughs> uh, just double-check this, what that's called. 
I think so. Orcs and Elves, it sounds familiar for sure. Elden Ring is going to be so goddamn good, isn't it? And you know <laughs> we're, what? We're all going to get lost in that game. For I sure. I want. I part of me wants to so bad, but I have not watched that gameplay footage. Oh, and I refuse yeah, me neither. To yeah. Because I want this feeling. Yeah. Do you? Do you? Are you going to play that network test? Or are you going to wait? Yes. So I realize that this is this is very much like <laughs> splitting hairs, but I am. Totally open to playing the network test because I'm pl- I'm not watching footage of it. Got I it. get to yeah. be lost, even if it is just a vertical slice. Yeah, that to me is like okay. I know it's very strange and specific, but right. yeah. Yeah. Without going too into it, there is a map, but it's very interesting the mechanics of the map. You said too much. No, <laughs> I actually I was worried when you started talking about a map that I was like, oh no, he's ruining it. But then. You, I think you phrased it right where it's like, no, yeah. now I'm just curious. Like, I don't feel ruined. Now I'm just curious. Okay. Are but, there towers or they're not towers? I'm sorry. It's your show. Continue. No. Yeah. 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 Are you going to, are you going to play Elden? Elden, are you nuts? I don't know. Oh my God. Open world. Yes. Open okay. world. Hor- it's like open world. Okay. Horse. I'm sold. You okay. Can, uh, give, should I take my money? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's going to do it for Frame Trap. Thank you to everybody who wrote in. Uh, email address is askeasyallies at gmail.com. One more time, that is askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you to my wonderful panelists on this meaty episode, Daniel Bloodworth and Brandon Jones. We talked video games. We had a good time. Until next time. 